Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Welcome to another episode of Dead City Drive-In, the only podcast unafraid to get in a slap fight with a T-Rex. I'm Brandon Windish. I'm Chris Holcomb. And we are the heads of programming in this here Dead City. And in this episode, decreed by the higher-ups, our bosses, the drive-in gods, we have been tasked once again to program a specially themed double bill for the ravenous hordes of mutants and madmen outside our projection room door. Hey, Chris, uh, you, do you remember that, that stack of eggs we found outside the ticket booth? The cried eggs? The ones I tried to sell to some church for their annual Easter egg hunt? Wait, what? why would you try to sell critter eggs to a church? <laughs> Have you ever been to a Grover's Bend Easter egg hunt? They are fucking boring. Okay, well, I've got news for you, Chris. Those eggs weren't full of space terrorists. They were full of something much more extraordinary. Titties? Perfect timing. I've been keeping this thing on the coffee warmer for the last couple of uh, couple of weeks. Oh, hey! One of those eggs we were talking about. Guess that explains why the coffee tastes like shit. Here it comes. Oh, great! A baby dinosaur. Isn't he adorable? Hi, PP. Look at the little pepper. Oh, holy shit! <laughs> little guy almost took my <clears throat> took my finger off. I don't like the way it's looking at me. Well, what do you mean? He's, he's trying to understand his new reality. He's trying to understand what part of my face to eat. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Are there any more of them? Well, the, the eggs all hatched. Yes, for a time there were there were several of these little buddies running around. Well, what happened to them? They ate each other. You see what I mean? I don't like this, Brandon. Okay, look at it this way. We've got a new mascot. People will come from all over to get a glimpse of a living, breathing dinosaur. The franchise rights alone will make us rich beyond our wildest dreams. Yeah, and what happens when it gets bigger and moves on from fingers to heads? (laughs) Not possible. This dinosaur is engineered to be vegan. And what makes you say such a stupid, stupid thing? We control their food source. It's really not that difficult. All vertebrate embryos are inherently vegan anyway. They just require a taste of sweet, succulent flesh to make them vicious creatures. We simply deny them that. That is one big pile of shit. Chris, I've got this under control, man. Brandon, the kind of control you're attempting is... It's not possible. That demon lizard can't be contained. Life finds a way. More like life finds a gay. <laughs> right, little buddy? Ow! Hey, what you fuck get. you! That's it. You're going into cryo storage until you learn to not bite at fingers. Chris, is the popsicle freezer still running? You cannot put him in the concession stand. I mean, think of all the damage it'll cause if it gets loose. Think of all the inspiration that dino damage will give us when it comes time to program our next double feature. Clever girl. Well, here we are again, and we've got another fantastic guest sitting across the table from us this evening. 
It's our good friend and cuddly little teddy bear. Well, maybe not so little teddy bear. Jack Holloway! Welcome! Here, let me scratch your beard. Let me oh, scratch your beard. Oh, oh, oh that's oh, nice, that's yeah. nice. And oh. watch what happens when he scratches belly. Check this out. <laughs> I started farting. Oh, okay. I can't. Those were queefs. Oh, my gosh! <laughs> eee, ooh, ah, <laughs> too soon? Yeah, way too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Jack. Hey guys, thanks for having yeah, me. Absolutely. This we had so such cool. a great time with you, we just couldn't wait to have you back again. Also, our other guest couldn't be here tonight. That's well, understandable. That's yeah. <laughs> so, Jack, I want to ask you a question here. Yes. Um, what is your relationship with dinosaurs? I just thought they were the neatest because it was the closest to the idea of like another time when kind of monsters, but not monsters, they're animals, but like. This separation of another world and mystery and these things that are basically giant monsters and they're all different kinds. Some can fly, they've got power. It's like, it just blew my mind. And that's, I'll never, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but um, it's strange. Uh, if you have a movie that you can almost remember every detail of, you know, where you were when the trailer happened. What You remember what happened uh, before, after you saw the movie. You remember, sorry, that's my pick. Well, I won't give it away. I don't know if we're... No, the movie you chose is yes. that for you? That is that for me. And I didn't realize that until I started researching. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can remember, like, every detail. I'm sorry. I, so that was, it was a life... It was one of those movies where you go... This is a, a milestone. For yeah, me. this yeah. changed my life. Were you twelve so, when your movie came out? I was twelve. Okay, it was. I was ten. <gasps> so I, yeah, I, I remember also very distinctly. Yep. Um, what about you, Chris? What, what did you? What's your relationship? Are you like most boys that discovered dinosaurs and were? Yeah, except like... I was, I was pretty young. I don't know. I think it was probably like four or five when mm. I got totally enamored with with dinosaurs, and um, we had a family friend who really, I guess he's he was kind of an in law. And everything, but uh, you know, he was you know kind of a second grandfather to me, and um, we always used to sit and talk about dinosaurs. And I can remember, I think one of the first pieces of mail that I ever got, you know, was a letter that he had written to me, and he had clipped out this newspaper article um, that talked about dinosaurs. And I was probably you know like four or five, <laughs> and so you know, I, I got this letter and was able to go through and read and look at this newspaper article that had some cool little pictures and stuff in there and everything. And so from a little kid, I was always obsessed with dinosaurs. I mean, just, you know, I, I knew all the names of all the creatures and I had, you know, books on dinosaurs and everything. And um, much like you, Jack, you know, I, I remember as a kid, one of the first nightmares that I remember uh, involved dinosaurs. And it was that, you know, we were in the house that we were living in at the time um, and that, you know, dinosaurs were roaming around outside the house. And it's like, you know, we're trapped inside. I mean, it was something that, you know, petrified me as a kid. But, you know, at the same time, you know, it's that, that kind of uncanny thing that's going on, you know, with, with you know, horror films or, you know, I, you know you're, you're frightened by it. But you're also attracted to it. You know, sure, it's, it's sure. repellent and it's it's attractive all at the same time. And um, you know, I think I, it was very easy for me to kind of go down that road. So yeah, I've I've always loved dinosaurs. That's always. So cool. I um. How about you, Brandon? Brandon, I'll what's you... your relationship with dinosaurs? I'm so glad you asked me. Oh, fantastic! Um, well, I have a pretty fond uh, recollection of like I, you know where it kind of starts for me. Um, there's actually video footage of this uh, that we filmed when I was a child with our gigantic. 
camera camcorder uh, camcorder <laughs> RCA from, camcorder that's right uh, we so I got a book called How to Draw Dinosaurs when I was very young and that is actually how I learned how to read was with that book uh, my dad would sit there and there's footage of this happening would read help me read this book like he would we would go through it and learn how to say the dinosaur names and uh just learn how to read words. And then at the end of it, I could draw them. But also, I uh, my freshman year of college, I took a class called Dinosaurs and Disasters. My freshman year, I couldn't... I was so excited. What Florida department State. offered that? Um, it was, turns out, the geology department. Oh, cool. <clears throat> yeah. It was all about rocks. It was the fucking worst <laughs> class you could like literally <laughs> they tricked you it's it's called dinosaurs and disasters and i will tell you the class was fucking huge it was and it was in one of those auditorium classrooms where there were hundreds of seats and it was packed and i know and another way there, that the education system basically pulls the old switcheroo on you and fucks you in the ass oh yes here let's go ahead and get all these credit hours yeah, yeah. dude and you, the thing is is it was Tuition. like it was li- i don't remember a single time a dinosaur was mentioned in the class how dare they to be fair, did you sue them for false advertising well, i didn't really go <laughs> i stopped going even though I was there, mm. uh, I, I failed the class. Uh, so you didn't withdraw. I did. I pulled one of the. No, no I didn't. Well think. beyond the ad drop period. There. Yeah, I was. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I remember the test. I was like, I'll just, it's, I'll just bullshit it like I used to always do. And I sat down and did the test, and I was like, huh, huh, oh no, rocks, rocks. So I just, and I got. I remember seeing the grade. It was like an F, and I was like, well, there goes my scholarship. Dropping out of college. <laughs> Fucking dinosaurs and disasters. And was this your first semester? That was my first. It was my first <laughs> semester. I feel like it was. That would have ruined college. It you fucking ruined college for me. Any... I didn't. I, I had one more this... year in me. I only did two years max. I don't blame <laughs> I do you. anymore. You're like, I can't trust anything. Me. And yeah. then you moved into adult films after that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I moved into Tracy Lord's house and we uh, started a relationship and we made adult films. Puffies. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen them. Uh, what? No. What are you talking about? Huh? <laughs> Excuse me? What? Um, so I, I just wanted to say another thing. I don't have like a really proper segue for this. <laughs> All the planning that was done, this is one thing I didn't plan. But um, the movie that I picked for tonight's uh, feature, for uh, part one of our double feature, potentially, or part two, whatever, is uh, trying to find... I, it was a fucking nightmare to try to watch this movie. So I'd seen it before, streaming... Uh, for free on my Amazon Prime. I was like, sweet, cool. That's how I watched it for the first time in my life. And I was like, oh my God, where has this movie been? I love this movie. When we started talking about this episode, I went back to watch it. Uh, I did a little bit of research. I was like, okay, there it is. It's not free anymore. I'm going to have to pay to rent it. No big deal. Fine, whatever. Although, strange. The night before we recorded this podcast, it um, was gone. The day before, two days before it was online, the night before, it, this movie is not available. Anywhere. Anywhere. And I'm not going to, like, stream it illegally. I just don't do, I don't like to do that. I also am one of those people who's like, I want to see it in the highest possible quality. Yeah, absolutely. I can't stay, there was, like, a copy, of, like, of it on YouTube at, like, 240. 
you know? And I was like, I'm not watching it at that aspect rate. I'm just not going to watch 240 pixels worth of this movie. Yeah. And so... I want... So, basically, I... It was an insane process. I had to, like, create an account on another website to try to get it. Did that. That website kept kicking me off because the internet connection was saying it was slow. So I had to go find a fucking Ethernet cord, plug it in, keep plugging it in. Slaughter a chicken, burn Seriously, sacrifice a child. The, sh- the amount of shit that I went through to get to watch this movie, I'm, I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. It took me over an hour. I was in the worst mood by the time I sat down to watch the movie. I was livid. I was so angry. Then... The movie starts playing. Seven minutes into the movie, buffering stops. No, it's not even buffering. No. It says Do you, um, it needs to be an SD because what? the HD presentation, it's your internet speed's not fast enough. And I'm like, I plugged it in and I got really fast internet speed. Kept getting booted out, kicked off. I had to go through the Xbox now. I had to hook up my Xbox like a nightmare. The point is everything. That could possibly go wrong trying to watch this movie on a streaming form went wrong. Which I also found ended up being extremely fitting because that's exactly what happens to the people in this film. (laughs) So you're like, I totally get it. I got it, totally. Maybe it kind of added to the experience. So the film that I have picked for our drive-in double feature of Dino Damage is The Land That Time Forgot. Must have been a little after three o'clock in the afternoon that it began. The afternoon of June 3rd, 1916. Fire one. Fire two. (laughs) This could have been the end. The end of just another tragic episode in war at sea. But for the few survivors of a torpedoed merchant ship and the crew of a German U-boat lost in the frozen South Atlantic, it was the beginning of an incredible adventure. For this was the day the 20th century met the primeval world face to face. American International presents The Land That Time Forgot. An astounding motion picture based on the book by Edgar Rice Burroughs, creator of Tarzan and the most thrilling science fiction stories ever written. Travel through an underwater passage and discover an awesome prehistoric world. Fight for your life against the terrifying creatures of a lost continent. Come face to face with primitive man and learn the secret of evolution. The land that time forgot. Mr. Tyler! Starring Doug McClure. There's a secret to this island. Something that we haven't been able to fathom yet. And whether we stay or get away may depend on it. It's action. Danger and adventure on an epic scale. You will never forget Edgar Rice Burroughs' The Land That Time Forgot. So it's a 1974 film uh, directed by Kevin Connor. Uh, it was written by James Cawthorn and Michael Moorcock. Uh, <laughs> I, I took a note yeah, about that. But, but, that one but, too. But Michael Moorcock's actually he's a very successful mm-hmm. British sci-fi writer. That's right. And yeah. I I didn't know he had anything to do with the film until I saw that. I was like, oh wow, okay. Yeah. I've never read a book of his, but I know his name. <laughs> Intimately familiar with his name. 
but it was also based on a novel by the noted racist Edgar Rice Burroughs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could um, say that about anybody that was writing in, that in the 1800s. Age, I mean, yeah, yeah like, absolutely. Well, early. I've never read the book actually, but um, and so anyway, and it's starring Doug McClure, um, John. Uh, how do you say that? McInerney. McInerney. Thank you. Who for the longest time watching the movie, I was like, oh, "That's the dude from Willy Wonka." That's uh, the German or the guy that like uh, is oh, the uh, spy. Uh, um, Slugworth. 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 I, I, I was like, I paused and I was like, "It's Slugworth." Strike that. Reverse it. And I looked it up and I was like, "Oh no, it's not. It's just it's actually a very successful <laughs> British actor <laughs> who's done a ton of stuff." Um, and then also Susan <laughs> Panhelagon. Um, probably, honestly, I don't know if she ever worked again. I, I wouldn't be surprised. But also, the, the, there's a, pro- a bunch of other names that are in the film. They're all characters. Like, I, I couldn't tell you a single person's name, but the film is full of these, like, interesting-looking characters. Characters or character actors? Now, I'm going to say characters. Whether they're, they're The casting, I think, is great. Like, they came right out of central casting, that kind of thing? Uh, sure, but they're all really good. But, I mean, you've got, like, the weirdest assortment of people that all of their faces are super memorable. Mm-hmm. So that when the shit hits the fan... You're like, oh no, not him in his face. Yeah, <laughs> um, and they're all in you know the military uniforms. Yes, so it's hard. You can't really distinguish them from the co- the costume. Right, right. So it kind of separates. Anyway, so let me let me go ahead and read this IMDb synopsis for uh, the land that time forgot. During World War One, a German U-boat sinks a British ship and takes the survivors on board. After it takes a wrong turn, the submarine takes them to the unknown land of Caprona where they find dinosaurs and Neanderthals. That's succinct, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, that, The thing that's is this, though. Nutshell. It's actually, like, the first 36 minutes of the movie are a, a U-boat film. It's a submarine it's thriller. It's a submarine thriller. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And did you, get, did you guys watch it? Did you get a chance to watch it? I, watched I it. haven't watched it in a while. Okay. I, I remember when I saw this movie for the first time, I was in sixth grade, and they put, oh, it, they put it on as something for us to watch, I think, like, for the last two days of school. Holy and shit. And, yeah, no, actually, Mrs. Hernandez. Oh, I, I love know. her. Oh. Yeah, no. She was quite a looker, actually, back in the day. Um, Fucked her. Anywho, um, but no, we, we watched this movie in her class. You want to know something? Why'd you like, say I that, was... Jack? Oh, that, that, wait, hold on. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to have it real serious. Oh, sorry, it's a story. Sorry, tell, you us know. about, sorry. tell us about Miss Hernandez. Tell us about how Miss Hernandez well, well, was. But it? anyway, no, I was in sixth grade. Sixth grade. Sixth grade, and we put this on, and this was just one of the movies we watched during the last couple of days of school. Uh, my sixth grade year, and I remember being completely engrossed in this movie. I was like, what's not to fucking like? Hell yeah. I mean, it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Mysterious Island, the one where Herbert Lom... Abs- which I just watched the other night, yeah, by the way. Herbert yeah. Lom plays uh, Captain, Nemo. Captain Nemo in that one. Um, great movie. Yeah, it is a great, great movie. movie. So um, stylistically, it reminded me a lot of that and everything, but yeah, I, I love this movie. So, But it's been... Shit, it's been 30 years since I've seen it. So. Do me a favor then uh, and read this review that we found here on IMDb. It's one of the worst reviews on IMDb. Now, you know, <laughs> haters are going to hate, but this one... It's a fairly recent review, too. Is it? Yeah, well, here, look at this. It says, a movie that should be forgot. Wait a minute. Instead of the land? Yeah. I, I get, get it. it. So this He's guy's clever. Super He's doing clever. a thing. Yeah. This person's this is, clever. And, and listen, this person's name is View and Review. 
Oh, okay. So they do this professionally. Probably. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. You know, because everybody can make a living, you know, being a critic on yeah, IMDb. Yeah, of course. Oh no, wait, no, that's View and Review twenty eight. Oh no, 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 that's the date that they were. Yeah, doing. no, they posted this uh, the twenty eighth of April. I apologize. Just a little over. A I, year. I'm sorry, View and Review. I didn't mean to make you sound unprofessional. All right, so here we go. Here's the worst review on IMDb for the land that time forgot. Entitled a movie that should be forgot. If I said that this movie was terrible, it would be a mild criticism. In a benign version of World War II, it's World War I, fucker, yeah. <clears throat> a life raft of no more than eight people take over a German U-boat just to have the merciful Germans take it back over so that the Westerners can take it over again and they all work together. That sentence is a run-on and it makes no fucking Was this sense. Was written by a... an idiot? Yes. <laughs> they it, 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 it is a review they're, they're written by in, an idiot, full of sound and fury. Signifying? <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> they're like, wait, they're trapped in World War II, so they're wrong on the World War Two. They seem to be really like... Well, it's kind of a time travel thing anyway, right? You know, oh, they're going yes. to a land that time forgot, but this person forgot what war it was. So, Sweet anywho, but not to get too but They can't be bothered to pay attention. So, <laughs> they all get lost and end up in a tropical land with large plastic dinosaurs. There's no way to watch this with any enjoyment after having watched Jurassic Park. I get it. The 70s, but good God. This was atrocious. Even if we take away the toy dinosaurs, it was a horrible movie premise and all. A merry troop of one-time enemies ends up in a strange land with dinosaurs. I don't know. That sounds that like a fucking sounds brilliant like idea. A dope. Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck, man? So that wasn't so bad, but they decided that perhaps they should explore this mysterious place. Well, if you're not going anywhere, you know. Might as well take a look around. Yeah, sure. Now, I don't know about you, but my brain would be screaming, get out. Yeah, if this happened in real life. Yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah, if, we, if, we, had, if we had kidnapped a submarine, <laughs> yeah. um, a German U-boat, and we fell into a strange land that was full of dinosaurs. I'd... Yeah, and we were trying to make alliances with the German troops, and we were like... British and English civilians and American civilians, and we got stuck in a dinosaur island. Yeah, I probably would say get out too. Probably, yeah. That, I don't that, know that, that I would, would want to explore it necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if I were curious, I would probably want to. Maybe, maybe, you know. But even if there was a tad bit of curiosity, it would have been all erased with the first casualty to some overgrown lizard that's all teeth. Oh my god, man, the fucking writing oh, is yeah. just oh, it's pristine. No, man. it's wonderful. I, I've got half a what chubby a good right writer. Now. Yeah, definitely. But that may just be the survivalist in me. Okay. Is... <laughs> okay, yeah. He's, okay, he's... View and Review is also a survivalist. Okay, he's All right, a... so we know this is written by a dude. I wonder, which, I wonder which militia he belongs to. But seriously, if this place has beasts never before seen, you don't think that there wouldn't be other creatures also never before seen? Venomous? Poisonous? Deadly creatures? Their minds weren't nearly as cautious or as fearful as mine. <laughs> oh fuck you dude you should have been in the movie <laughs> holy shit after all they did befriend one another after trying to blow each other to bits mm. I see that the movie was based upon a book perhaps the book was actually worthwhile uh, view and review he's not a reader I guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's not a writer either <laughs> 
Got so, him. all right. Land the Time Forgot is an amicus film. Oh, even better, man. And Amicus was like Hammer's rival back in the day. Hammer Films was the other British production company that was notable for making their uh, blood and breasts horror films. Um, Well, they did Tales from the Crypt, right? They also did... uh, In the Vault of Horror? uh, Amicus did Tales from the Crypt in Vault of Horror. Yeah. Um, They also did one of my other favorites, and now The Screaming Starts, which is just a wonderful film. There's something about Amicus movies... Well, they figured out with Tales from the Crypt how to do the anthology thing really, really well. And, you know, one of your favorites, um, Twice Told Tales, right? Isn't that... Wait, no, wait. No, no, no. What's the one with Vincent Price? Theater of Blood. Theater of Blood. Blood. That's Jack's, one of Jack's favorites. I was going to say, Twice Told Tales is uh, Arkoff and... uh, Is it an Arkoff film? Yeah, I think so. I feel like Twice Told Tales might be Amicus, too. Nicholson and Arkoff. Well, anyway. Anyway. um, But they they had a a good run of it for a short period of... Well, a a pretty decent amount of time. And this movie, straight up, feels like prime Amicus. It's foggy. it's, It's... rough around the edges in the right ways. It's got this kind of gritty uh, vibe to it. And it's not quite, like, if Hammer films are, like, poetic, the Amicus films are, like, um... Who's a shitty poet? <laughs> Who's a shitty poet? No, not not even really. It's, it's, it's a, they're a lot more... Bismarcky? Amicus is the Bismarcky <laughs> to Hammer's Percy Shelley. <laughs> Girl, you got a disease, but you say it's just a rash, and it's ten feet up your ass. <laughs> the movie has a very, very British setup, too. That's the other thing. It's, like I said, the, the first... Th- like and this doesn't maybe sell it as well but like the first 36 minutes of the movie are a siege film like an, a, a submarine siege film but they do stop for 11 seas and tea time they there's plenty of tea time in the film uh and but i will also say i'm not going to spoil too much um yeah don't because this is one movie that everybody should go and check out <laughs> the opening scene of the movie is almost it feels like a non sequitur it's somebody just tossing a bottle off of a cliff and from there the story begins and what happens is is it's a u-boat a german u-boat in world war one sinks um a british vessel that is carrying civilians um the civilians uh, all kind of gather together in a very foggy ocean um there's you know a pretty disparate group of individuals very cool looking people like everybody's like very fascinating looking. And, and the um, costumes are pretty good in this, too. Dude, the costumes yeah. are great. That's the thing. So everything is super textured. So, like, it, it feels lived in. It feels very real. And that extends to the dinosaurs later on in another way. They basically, these guys all realize, like, what the fuck happened? It's kind of like Lifeboat. It's like all the survival mm-hmm. virus gathered together and like, fucking what happened? And they're like, holy shit, we just got sunk. And then they look, they hear a noise... And they see this German U-boat coming toward them. And they're like, that's the motherfucking boat that sank us. And they all are like, we're going to take it. Let's get them. Let's get them. This is dope. And there is an an attack scene, a siege, (laughs) where they climb onto the U-boat. And all the Germans start popping up. And they just beat the shit. They take them down one by one. 
it's actually really exciting. Like when I yeah. watched it the other yeah, night, it's like I was playing like, whack a mole. Actually, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like what they, was that? they pop punk. <laughs> yes, the one guy like just jumps down the the hole yeah, like yeah. into it, and like the, the guys are like looking yeah. at him as he comes in. He's like. And he just like attacks the guy. It's 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 awesome. It goes on for an extended period of time. Ultimately, they take over the U-boat. These uh, British and Americans, you know, take over this U-boat. The Germans are kind of like, oh, they didn't want to do it in the first. They're kind of upset about it, but they decide to play along for now. Mm. As the guy makes uh, in his like announcement to the crew, eventually. After an extended period of British time where they're drinking tea with each other, the German is, like, extremely gentlemanly. He allows the guy, he's like, have my quarters. Mm. And he, like, is sharing, they're having dinner with the woman, the one woman. It's it's hilarious. It, it, and it's also, it's so gentlemanly. It's like, there's no way this kind of shit go down now, but they're like... Come, let's sit. Let's discuss rationally. Well, there was still, you know, ge- you know, gentlemen that lived in the time of Elberon. We forget about the. Uh, I forget what does he say. He says something to everybody where he's like, "We forget about our. Uh, there is no Germany. We we give up at this point. We become friends. We become allies." Mm. And the Americans are like, "Not in this fucking boat, buddy." <laughs> but they they eventually go along with it. They form an uneasy alliance with the commander, and then what ends up happening is. They try, they see an American boat, yeah. um, and or maybe it's a British boat, um, and they're like, we've got to signal these guys. And you know how you tell the difference between oh. an American boat and a British boat? How? The British boat is not circumcised. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I did know that. So they, they're trying to signal, they're like, hey, we've taken this U-boat yeah. over, and the... Other boat's like, it's a fucking U-boat! Shoot him! Shoot him! like, no, 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 no way! Shoot him! They end up having to go down, go below surface and sink down to the depths. And Doug McClure happens to be, his father happened to have built the submarines. So he knows these things like the back of his hand. So he knows what they're God, capable of. It's amazingly convenient. It's great. But the way, it's almost like the way it's revealed is like totally acceptable to me. Anyway, so they go, they sink down. There's a very tense sequence where the submarine is like sinks to the deepest part of the bottom. And he's like, I told you it would work. And it did. And then they end up, long story short, Too late. they end up navigating through an iceberg into an uncharted land. And immediately, fucking, it's a plesiosaur attack. And from there, the movie, 36 minutes in, turns into a fucking dinosaur nightmare. Yes! (laughs) And the way it happens, it's like Doug McClure is like looking out of a, out of the, the, what, the periscope, Mm. and this thing just like, like attacks it, and he like looks, he's like, this fucking U-boat for way too long. <laughs> he kind of like rubs his he eyes like... so cool, man. But then uh, they go up and the, the German commander is just kind of sitting there like, wow, this is pretty beautiful. Next thing you know, this fucking plesiosaur. Oh, yeah. The way it... And it it's like this crazy thing. The, the dinosaurs in this movie make the worst noises. Mm. And I don't mean like um, like awful... Like bad in the sense that they just like they're like let's just put this no, voice. It's in. like Jim Carrey, you know. When you go, you want to hear the most dinosaur sound in the world. You want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Fellas, the screeching that they make is just oh. at a certain point. You're like, okay, God, yeah. the fucking dinosaurs are awful. They don't deserve to live. <laughs> So there's this amazing plesiosaur attack where they have to fight this thing off. Um, at a certain point, 
again, I don't want to spoil everything, but we get onto this land that time forgot. They discover, they befriend a uh, Neanderthal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he works for Geico and tries to sell them insurance. That's right. They made a TV show out of him, too, and it got canceled after three seasons, episodes. They befriend these Neanderthals, whatever. They st- At one point, they stumble upon... Uh, they're just, like, just walking in the woods. They stumble upon these two. I guess they're like T Rexes. Mm. Come walking through the woods, and this one guy sees him. He's like, Whoa! so he pulls out his rifle, and they massacre. They like murder these two dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Just br- like brutally are shooting, and it goes on for so long. And they're shoot. They're all panicking, shooting these things. And one dies. The other one, like, looks at it, and it's like, and it's like screaming, and they're shooting it, and they both fall. They lay next to each other, and they're, like, looking at each other as they both die, and their hands are twitching, and the dudes that murder them are looking on, and they're like, fuck, what have we done? And I literally (laughs) was like, Jesus Christ, guys. (laughs) Take it easy. Take it easy. Yeah, you don't want to waste any of that, man. If you're going to shoot a dinosaur, you got to use every part of that dinosaur. At the very least, eat it. Where do you get to that succulent dino dick? (laughs) Um, So, but the thing is, also, the dinosaurs in this movie, all of them, drool uncontrollably. Did you, did you notice that? There yes. is there a li- lot of like wet. liquid. Wet. It's like water just pouring from their mouths. It's really gross. It's like, like the really xenomorph, man. It's a, it is. Ah, xenomorph's got nothing on these dinosaurs. Um, then the movie becomes like a shipwreck survival film, not too unlike Mysterious Island. Yeah. Um, there's tons more dinosaurs. Um, they end up battling with natives. They end up witnessing some exploding volcanoes. And then it's got a great ending that I'm not going to spoil mm. that ties back to that opening shot. It's genuinely awesome, I think, in every way. The dinosaurs themselves are actually full scale. Some of them. Some, like, the, the, there are, t- I don't want to say, f- you know what, maybe not full scale, but, the, like, the T-Rexes mm. are, like, at least 12 feet tall. That's crazy. And they're, they're fucking awesome. Like, they look dumb. When the plesiosaur, like, attacks uh, Doug McClure, it's, like, on a boom pole. You know, it's like, just, like, swinging it in. And he's, like, ha! Hitting at it. But it's, like, rear projection happening in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's all practical. It all looks real in its own way. And it, it just... It feels right. There's beautiful shots of miniatures. The sub. Oh, my God. And all the ice is gorgeous. That's right. It's really nice. Well, it's I mean, very the, nice the fucking looking. craftsmanship. And, you know, that's another thing yeah. I want to say about, you know, uh, companies like Amicus and Hammer. And, I mean, even with, uh, with Roger Corman and, you know, Nicholson and Arkoff, you know, these guys knew how to stretch those dollars out, or I guess since this is Amicus, pounds sterling, um, <laughs> to, to stretch those things out and pounds get them. Yeah, but get the <laughs> most, get the most for their uh, their money. I mean, these things look so sumptuous, and like you said, the textures involved in everything. You know, it's like they have the finest craftsmen that are working for them, and every bit of the money. You know that, that's put into these movies. You see it on the screen. You totally see it on. the Oh screen. my god! Every penny of it. Yeah. Now there there was a sequel to this movie called The People That Time Forgot. That is also great. In a in in a it's a it's a lot cheesier. It's a lot less interesting characters in it. Uh, Patrick Wayne is the star of it. John's son, and he's you know 
a black void of charisma, really. Uh, <laughs> but but the movie itself is is pretty excellent. It's got some really great yeah, things. He in was it. a pretty decent Sinbad. Was he Sinbad? Yeah, that Which, was actually that was one of the last uh, movies. That, that was really a passion project for uh, Ray Harryhausen. Was he was seven uh, Sinbad and in the in the, the, the Golden Fleece or uh, Tiger Tiger? Uh, oh, in the Eye of the Tiger or Sinbad in the the. What is that fucking movie shit. called? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta look this shit up. Jack, what is it called? Uh, Sinbad, I believe it was House Guest. Thank you. No, not House Guest. No, no, uh, no. Uh, what's the one he did with Phil Hartman? Uh, House uh, Guest. Oh, was was that House Guest? Yes. Uh, Jingle was, all the he way. Was Jingle all the way. Where okay. He did the mailman. Yeah. That, that's Sinbad. Yeah. You know the thing about you know the thing about <laughs> Jingle all the way. I have a whole I don't know, diatribe on. Do you yeah. Sinbad in the Eye of the Tiger? Jingle all the way, really quickly. Um. His own wife doesn't recognize him when he's in the Turbo Man costume. Brandon, this is Brandon. The Turbo Man costume is a yellow visor, yeah. covering and it's clear. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. You can clearly see his face, and it's just a yellow clear visor. And he has his Austrian accent, um, and his own <laughs> wife does not know that it's him. And it haunts me to this day, you guys. I'm dead serious. Do you think it's because, like, Arnold's real wife, she just stopped paying attention a long time ago? Oh, she just checked just out. Just looked the other way. He's Please. It's probably because of his infidelities. Yeah. Oh, no. No, how can you not know it is me? It's me, Turbo Man. <laughs> it's Turbo, Turbo Man. Man is my dad. It's, it's like, kinda... yes, your father's right. You don't know your father's face, you terrible child. It's kind of like how in True Lies, they're, like, surprised that he's a spy and not a oh. salesman. You're like, are you? F- look at him. He's a giant ripped... So, Jamie Lee, when you're making children with him, you don't realize how fucking cut and ripped he is? Like, you're not... (sighs) Now I sound like fucking view and review over here, breaking down like, if I were in the movie, I would make sure everybody knows that Turbo Man is Arnold. (laughs) (laughs) Hoist by our own petard. So, you know, I'll, mm. I'll wrap it up about my, my love for this movie, but some of the, the little drive-in totals about this film, why I really feel like it belongs... One, I just don't think enough people have seen it. And it is fucking hard to find right now. Yeah. It's got a nautical hijacking. Mm. Like Jack said, it's got these gorgeous miniatures, specifically of a submarine. Dope. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the scene where it's navigating through the, the rocky terrain, the crev- it's actually kind of tense. Yeah. Like genuinely good like all of the action okay so the first 36 minutes of that movie the action is like believably tense and engaging when the dinosaurs hit it starts getting a little ridiculous and that's all kind of like goofy but you buy into it but you buy into it because well at that point you've already invested in the story and the characters well they spent a lot of time setting up these characters and there are certain points in the movie where like there's mass death like four characters will, that you have come to love or like or recognize yeah, throughout the course of the movie yeah. will get like they get killed like that in a Neanderthal attack. Like four people die, and you're like, oh my god, not that fucking guy. Yeah. And actually, it kind of happens throughout the entire film. The stakes are high in this movie. I'm going to say that it's got. Full are they like st- dinosaur stakes? Of course they are. Bronto burgers oh, all around. Fantastic. Um, it's got a full scale or full scale dinosaur suits. We've got this plesiosaur attack. We've got a T-Rex massacre, double T-Rex massacre with... Two-time, two-time, two-time the T-Rex. Two-time, two-time, one-time, three-time, four-time, five-time, five-time, six-time, 
Uh, it's got a trice. At one point, they're also walking through the woods, and they stumble upon a triceratop. Spit it out, Brandon. God, let me have another sip of this vodka. <laughs> There's a lot of dinosaur names. They're hard. There's someone on Trisomatops. It's this got the horns on the front. When they him when they find a Trisinkatox. Did you see the part with the dinosaur? What does dinosaur has sharp feet? What does kitty come with? Um, <laughs> Why he has sharp hands? So there's a, um, there's a Triceratops versus a Ceratosaurus sequence, and spoiler alert. The Triceratops gores the Ceratosaurus in the stomach, complete with <laughs> squishy sound effect. Hell and again, yes. dinosaurs screaming. Yeah. And it's and the, and when the dinosaurs collapse because the rubber is not like perfectly structured, mm. they ha- they have this like flimsy quality, but it, it's it also feels heavy as fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's like when the stunt guy in the suit falls, you know. That that guy was like bruised that night. Like he went yeah, home right. and he was like, Oi, it's tough being a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> he takes the head off and he's got chimney sweep soot. Go blind me. Sir, please, can I get out of it? It's really hot. <laughs> Shut up. Hey, sir, can I have some oh, ice? It's just street urchins Stop in there. Stop being a cunt. <laughs> okay, so there's also um, there's a tar pit tussle. Yes. I wrote that down. Dope. Awesome. There's a moment where they're all, they're, you know, it's just like they've been on this island for a very long time. And you could bet on this it. thing. Could they? Do they? I feel like they start playing. Well, they, they definitely like rally it's and in, cheer. It's, it's a, a big fun. dude. There's flaming tar pits, and these guys are just sick of each other's bullshit, mm-hmm. and they just start beating each other up. And it's up. Pat Roach and Harrison Ford, man. It's amazing. It's, yeah, I mean, it kind he, of he's, has that vibe. Yeah, like it does. It has that vibe. Um, so that's awesome. We got bloodthirsty Neanderthals. Um, which is always fun. Just when you think you've seen it all, along comes a lambda four feet tall. <laughs> There's a murderous pterodactyl <laughs> that shows up. Maybe a couple of them True. flying through, and they've just got it like on a C stand, you know, like this thing right here. Oh. And they're and it's like like and they just spin it around yep. in a circle and have the camera follow. Anyway, His wings just kind of it's still awesome. There's a great moment where it it shows the pterodactyl flying and it does this like push in handheld push in on Doug and Clore's face and it's supposed to be a look of like I thought I've seen everything and now there's a fucking flying lizard, but it's more like that's the lizard, that's it, that's the prop. he just saw it in that he really didn't have to act in that moment because he was genuinely what the fuck absolutely not quite what the fuck you would think it would be it's a completely underhanded what the fuck totally other subtext to it it's very funny Um, and then of course like any great drive-in film it has exploding volcanoes for an extended period of time and that's Um, not a euphemism right no it's uh, they're just like Dudes come in lava. <laughs> <laughs> it is the jizz of Vulcan. <laughs> if the movie doesn't get chosen tonight, I would like to invite our entire audience over to my house, actually to Jack's house, come so on that over. they can watch mm-hmm. the film. It is great. It is really, really great. <clears throat> yes, and yes, Jack will be making pigs in a blanket. Can I be really vulnerable with you guys? Sure. This movie gave me one. Th- this is genuine. 
There's a lot of periscope action in the U-boat. Do periscope... I Let me clarify. I understand that periscopes go... And I was like, I'm going to bring this up. Why not? Uh, I understand that periscopes go up. They, that's how you see. Mm-hmm. In movies, am I crazy? Or, you know, in like Hunt for an October, don't periscopes always... the the What the captain views through, it always comes down from the ceiling. And they look through it like that. Am I crazy? Because no. this one, it comes... So it goes up and down one, at the same time? Well, no, this one comes from the, the ground. The ground? I don't know. And you can totally cut this out. But I legit was like, am I insane? Does that does that feel right? Like a down periscope, we look. Well, down periscope, periscope. aside from being a Kelsey Grammer film, yes. <laughs> overlooked unjustly by the Academy Awards... <laughs> Um, and of course, not to be confused with the inferior McHale's Navy. Nice try, Tom uh, Arnold. <laughs> you're but no it did Kelsey. have Bruce Campbell. It in did it. have Bruce Campbell. Yeah, but it didn't have Kelsey Grammer's cocaine nostrils. And <laughs> that always wins uh, over. Hey, man, if you read his life story, you'll understand why he did that much blow. I know, I know. Um, Ted Danson, we'll do that to you. I, yeah, I don't know. What There's was, a lot of Periscope back. It comes from the ground on this Germany. Maybe that's there are a few films that are out there, and you know what? I'll, I'll actually I'll be with you on that one, Jack. It always confused me. It's like how can a Periscope go up and down at the same time? I thought you know, as, nothing, as a, as a kid, like, it really kind of did not gel with me. As I've gotten older, I think it really boils down to the model of submarine. I oh. bet that would be it. What, or, is, what does Frank Gorshin do in Batman? In the oh, movie he always like ah, oh, brings it. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, what, what, did you have anything else you wanted to say about the movie? Um, no, I, I without giving anything away about the ending, that was great. I was like, oh man, I want to see what happens next. And yeah. then I did a little research. I was like, oh, okay, Burroughs has got a whole little trilogy on it. And I was like, I read, but also, uh, what was it? The people, that the people time? that time forgot. But, but you said that's not as. I don't remember if the movie if if it has what hap- like if it picks up from True. the ending of that or yeah. not. Now that I think about it, usually I watch these movies on drugs. Um, so no, they're prescribed by my doctor. I get it because uh, of other things. My doctor is uh, Doctor Feelgood. So, um, let, let me ask: Does Doug McClure have a thing with like nautical themes and everything? Because you know something else that brings mind is humanoids from the deep. Wasn't Doug McClure in that too? Oh. My God! Do we think that like maybe some sort of like weird? He's creature? wearing the same outfit, kind of sort. Or is it? Yeah. Or is Vic Morrow wearing his outfit? No, Vic no, Morrow Vic wears the, yeah. the the white the white turtleneck. Yeah. But he, there were a lot of it's, it's totally McClure's outfit from Humanoids. And that being a, a Roger Corman film too, you would think that oh yeah okay. Oh my God! Let's go ahead and you. Can you please just bring in some costume pieces that I can take a look at? I can't believe that I didn't even put that together. That that yeah. was that Doug McClure. I this whole time I thought it was. We got to open McClure. the tuna can factory <laughs> and make sure that we get those damn fish people that have been raping our women. Graphically raping them. Graphically by the way. raping. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Humanoids from the Deep, man. It's great movie. It's definitely worth a watch. Great movie. Not for, <laughs> not for the rape. <laughs> not for the but watch. You'd be surprised at a... Come how... for the rape. Stay for the awesome visual effects. <laughs> when you say come for the rape... What do you think I mean? I uh, arrive. Thank you. That's exactly what I meant. Jesus, Jack. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> You ain't got no future, Jack. You're an A1 nut boy. And Grissom knows it. (laughs) 
Now we're going to have to make it a running joke. (laughs) We're going to have to have some sort of tribute to William Hootkins in every episode, man. Bill Hootkins, wherever you are, man. Yeah. Let's uh, let's take a moment here and have a word from uh, our sponsor. Thinking about exploring unknown islands lost to time? Slobbery dinosaurs, angry natives, and uneasy alliances abound. You got to be careful out there, friends. And for that, Mauser Rifles has your back. That's right. The 1915 World War I German classic Gewehr 98 is just the bolt-action rifle for you. Let's say, just for the sake of it, you're strolling along in this mysterious volcanic new world, and you see a couple of T-Rexes ambling along, minding their own business. Not for long! You can straight-up murder them with the Gewehr 98. They'll roar, ooze blood, fall down and die slow, agonizing deaths, and the last thing they'll see with their cold reptilian eyes is the meticulously buffed wooden shoulder hold and matching leather strap for quick sling action. And as you can see over here, they've sent us a sample. I have it right here. And, uh, yep, okay. Yeah, it's definitely definitely loaded and ready for action. Okay. If war is hell, then dinosaurs are Satan. Give him Das Boot with the 1915 World War I Mauser Rifle. Ausgezeichnet! Das ist gut, ja? Das ist sehr gut. So there are three picks here, guys. And pick number two is coming from our very own friend, Jack Holloway. Jack, what do you got for us? Oh, boy. This what, is, what do you uh, think is going to be a great drive-in double bill? Well, I... You know what? When uh, when Chris originally told me the topic, I this is the first film that popped into my mind, and then I, was, I couldn't help it. It just popped in there. What? I, I, what just popped in there? I tried to think of something from our from my youth. Something never could hurt us. Oh, that is it. Something from our childhood. Something that could never hurt us. Something safe. Something wonderful. I picked Jurassic Park. There it is. Welcome to Jurassic Park. We've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. The most phenomenal discovery of our time becomes the greatest adventure of all time. Can I touch it? Sure. Universal Pictures presents... You feel that? Hold on to your butts. A Steven Spielberg film. Fences are failing all over the park. Yeah, that's nice. Gotta go. An adventure. Look out! No! I can't get Jurassic Park back online. 65 million years in the making. Jurassic Park. And I, I hesitated because I was like, oh no, I don't want to be I don't want to be basic about it, but But you decided to do that anyway. I, I am a basic bitch. So this makes perfect sense. But I would I would argue right off the bat Keep going, don't you stop. I would argue right off the bat that if you were having a, a show about hey, let's have the best movie about killer sharks, you gotta have Jaws. Richard but, Jekyll in fucking Mako Jaws, Jaws of Death. Okay, but, sure, but Jack, yes. we didn't say the best dinosaur ah, movie. The best for a drive-in. And that's, I realized, uh, you know, we are in some crazy times right now. Back in June, 
number one movie in America was Ghostbusters. Damn it! <laughs> that, I think that is true. Uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, no, so it did. It, it is, came out again and set some new box office records. Yeah, five, a little bit over half a mil. It's, yeah. yeah, cool. But, like, well, really? Can was, we complain about that? You no, know, there's a double oh, feature cool. right there. Yeah, dude. Ghostbusters and Jurassic Park. Yeah, I would totally pay beautiful. top dollar. To yeah, go see in those real life, in real personal life. That's my number two and my number three favorite film of all time. <gasps> jo- Jurassic Park and Ghostbusters. And Jaws being number one. And Jaws right? being number one. That's like my go. top three. There's your triple feature. That's my that's, triple feature. That actually, that Brandon would probably day. go, and it would be the sort of thing where, like, you know, you go have a triple feature of that, and then there's this one car that, like, doesn't leave the drive-in after oh, all the other cars have left, branded. and you walk up there, and you realize something's very different about this car, and you're tapping on the window, and as you tap on the window, something is kind of just, like, jostling inside, and you realize that the entire cabin of that car has filled up with semen <laughs> because Brandon has watched that triple feature, He's ejaculated so much that Please. he is drowned <laughs> in his own car. <laughs> and I know that it's a completely disgusting image, and I will probably be, you know, ostracized for this, but you want to know something? It's the fucking truth. <laughs> if there was a triple feature of Jaws, Ghostbusters, <laughs> and Jurassic Park. From head to toe in your ejaculate. <laughs> well, thank you, Jack. Yay. Well, no, I, um, oh, sorry. Tell, tell us a little bit about Jurassic Park. Uh, so, for the, for the people that they have not seen it, Jurassic Park is a 1993 movie directed by the great Steven Spielberg, written by David Kemp. And Michael Crichton, based on Michael Crichton's novel, uh, stars Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Rich At- Attenborough, a whole bunch of people. Um, Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson, Wayne Knight. Uh, oh, my goodness. Just Mazzello, Ariana Richards, Martin Ferrero. Yes. Bob Peck. He's good. He's very good. <laughs> and B.D. Wong. Beatty Wong. Wong. Gotta get the Beatty Wong. Beatty Wong. And uh, who's, who's the guy that turned out to be a pedophile that meets with... Jeffrey Jones? Oh, no. Uh, he meets with Nedry on the island. Nedry. Uh, uh, Dotson? Nedry. Oh, Dotson. We got Dotson here. Dotson. Dotson turned out to be a pedophile? Yeah, Dotson's got... Uh, spoiler some, alert. Isn't he in the new, the, oh, oh God. The new Jurassic World if movie? he is, watch out. I Dotson? Think, I think he's... Where did you hear about what Are you there just said? in there? You might have to edit this out. I'm. I thought. I thought Dodson. Don't get a sued, Jack. I'm just saying. Huh. All right. Damn it, Jack. I hope I'm wrong because every time he shows up, I go. Oh. It's oh. like when I'm watching Ferris Bueller and Jeffrey Jones. Like, oh no. Yeah. 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 But on a happy. The uh-huh. note, the IMDb synopsis. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. What do they have to say? <clears throat> uh, huge advancements in scientific technology have enabled a mogul to create an island full of living dinosaurs. John Hammond has invited four individuals, along with his two grandchildren, to join him at Jurassic Park. But will everything go according to plan? Nah, probably. A park employee attempts to steal dinosaur embryos. <laughs> Critical security systems are shut down, and it now becomes a race for survival, with dinosaurs roaming freely over the island. Okay. I, I mean, it's, it's accurate. Oh, it's, it's, I'd buy it. A little overwritten, but, like, that's accurate. <laughs> that's more or less accurate. I, as I, I, you know, Chris originally told me, and I, Jurassic Park popped in there. I was like, no, no, we gotta come up with something else. But then I just kept coming back to it, and it was... it. I never realized how much of an impact this had. It was perfect timing for me. I was about to be 13 years old. It was 93. I remember the movie theater I saw at Cordova Cinemas. I remember <laughs> my mom dropping me and my best friend Randy uh, brochure off at the uh, off at the the cinema. Wait, what was the name of the movie theater? Uh, Cordova Cinemas. Oh, because in it's, the land of the time, <gasps> forgot it's, it's 
Caprona. Oh, Caprona. But for a second, I was like, wait a minute. Well, what the hell is Oh, it? my gosh. The gods are aligning. <gasps> We're all the meat fuck. puppets that are being manipulated <laughs> by a wrist. higher order. <laughs> uh, Cthulhu's got his tentacles up all of our assholes. <laughs> <laughs> meat puppet. But yeah, Jack, I mean, Jurassic Park was, for a lot of people... The defining film. Dude, it's the greatest fucking dinosaur movie ever made. I'll, yes. I'll even say it, you know, picking a completely different movie, but still, I'm, I think it's the greatest dinosaur movie ever made. Ever. It's so good. That's, and, uh, and the fun thing is, I, I went back and I've revisited like every year, but just watching it, you know. How many times do you think you've seen the movie? Oh, God. Because if like, you were to ask me, I don't know that I could answer, but uh, like. What do you like realistically? Could you guess? Would you would you uh, from beginning to end solid no. watch or like sure. bits and pieces? Um, bits and pieces. Just. Well, because it's on every day. So that no, is let's just say like it full is. on from beginning to end. How many times do you think God. you've seen that movie? Like full on hardcore. Yeah, you're, like you're full on, on boner to the headboard, full and you've got the pillow yeah. in your teeth. I'd yes. say fifty it's, times. Yeah. Okay. 50 times. Easily. Um, Easily. And that's the thing. Like it's one of those movies when when it you know came out on VHS. You put it on at school. They're like, "Ah, right, we're gonna watch Jurassic Park." Remember what a big deal it was when it came out on VHS? Oh my god! They I had the, the little standees, oh my god. and you're like, uh, uh, "What if they sell out? I gotta, I gotta get my copy." Oh man, physical media. That's great. <laughs> That's stuff. right. And you, you got to hold it, and whenever yeah. you wanted to watch it, you just put it in. There you Pop go. it in there. <sighs> and then when days, it came man, on, they don't get it. It um it really did it I think it changed a lot of things just like everybody says Star Wars and Jaws kind of changed yeah. the way the landscape of like summer blockbusters oh, kind of worked out Jurassic Park really did change a lot of stuff but probably most notably it really changed um, the way I think historically it's more remembered for its use of visual effects than it is probably oh, shit for anything I, I'm else. sorry but the CG in that movie 27 years still later still holds, holds up. up yeah. Well, it's you know, I gotta say this. Not it's like everybody, the thing of CG. Not every, I agree with you 100%, but not everybody shares this sentiment. And <laughs> I'd like to take this time to read uh, the worst review on IMDb for Jurassic Park. Or as uh, John Bob C9 says. John Bob C9. No, that's just John Bob C. John Bob C. Because it's written on 9 October, oh, October 9, 2005. See, that that yeah. confuses me. Okay, John Bob C. Oh, wow. Jurassic Puke. Oh, is what his headline is. Nailed it already. He's great. This has to be the worst, most manipulative, lowbrow, dreadful film I have ever seen. You cannot be older than 10 or have an IQ higher than the outside temperature on a blizzard-ridden midwinter's day in Antarctica. Wow. To appreciate this film. Where do they get all these clever fucking writers on IMDb, man? Oh these guys... Goldblum shit. is dreadful beyond belief. <sighs> he can't even chew gum properly. What? And Neil and his girlfriend, whoever it is that plays her, that <laughs> idiot, are badly royalty, cast. Man. And deliver the disgracefully bad dialogue with cringe-inducing cheesiness. It is obvious from this that Spielberg values money and the distorted kind of fame that making the blockbuster as an end in itself seems to guarantee above all considerations of art or intelligence. His capitulation here to the lowest common denominator would be irredeemably shameful were it not for the moderate modicum of redemption he gave by making Schindler's List. I imagine... I thought Schindler's List was a cash grab, (laughs) to be honest, you guys. (laughs) I imagine and dearly hope 
that Spielberg learnt his lesson from this disgraceful farce, so clearly engineered for people with an eight-year-old mentality. Ironic, then... And they dropped from ten down to eight in the course of one review. Ironic, then, that this revolting tripe carried a PG-13 rating in many countries? Probably not. A lot of people seem to love Jurassic Puke. Me being elitist? Probably. A case of mass mental illness? Probably. So, John Bob C. says so he that if like you it? like Jurassic Puke, you're a fucking idiot. If you like that movie, you're a fucking idiot. And you can quote John Bob C. on that. Has John Bob C. seen any of the sequels? It's John Bobbitt, by the way. John Bobbitt? Oh, it's John Wayne Bobbitt? Yeah, so he has no dick. Well, no, they sewed it back on, and then he did porn. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, but then it rotted, turned gangrenous, and fell off. Oh, no. (laughs) John Wayne Bobbitt. Uncut. And then in October of 2005, he wrote a review of Jurassic (laughs) Park, being really upset one night. (laughs) And I think, look... dinosaur ate my penis! I'm not going to... Ex- I, I don't really think that anybody should have to defend the movie of their choice, but I think, you know... What do you have to say to that, yeah. Jack? Uh, 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 I mean, it, I, I... There's nothing to say, right? Yeah, there's... there's uh, you go Look, I, know I, think, I think Clint Eastwood said it best when he said, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. Didn't he also say, um, do you see that man sitting right here in the in this chair next to me right here? <laughs> that happened in our happy town of Tampa. <laughs> and he also said, how old are you? Old enough for kisses. <laughs> Did John Cho ever show you that? <laughs> yes. It's the most uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm 12, sir. Old enough old for enough kisses. kisses. Oh, God. Oh, God. Do you I'm know that? really left out. What the oh, fuck is this? There is a, there is a, you feel a, like Jack Holloway? Oh, boy. Oh, we're going to turn the table on him. Oh, Jack, tell me, Jack. Tell me, tell me, tell me. I want to know, Jack. I want to know. Please tell me. I don't know the title of the movie. You can Google it. Um, Fart Party 8. Fart Party 8. Yeah. Yeah, Clint Eastwood, he plays a a cocaine 80s rom bachelor party. Great times. Um, No, there's an old Western (laughs) where I guess he's an outlaw and he's gotten this little girl and they're hiding from the the people that uh, that are hunting him down. And he's like, what's your name, little girl? And I think he's like, Mary Ellen. Like what fucking movie is this? The Beguiled. Oh, it's The Beguiled. Yeah. Okay, that totally makes like, sense. I then think I'm she's sorry. Twelve. Well, like, I mean, think about it. It's like this fucking Union soldier in a fucking plantation with actually, a bunch of women that fuck his ass up. It's a great oh, movie. Actually, oh, it's, actually, it's a yeah, great Beguiled's weird great. movie. And it's don't great. ever watch because there was a remake of The Beguiled. Yeah, that Sophia did. Yeah, yeah. Beguiled the beginning. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> Beguiled the beginning. <laughs> the Beguiled the game. Um, no, but I. It's, it's one of those movies. Um, it's, it's definitely, it is, I would say, the movie that's just burned into my brain. Where I saw it, I remember uh, uh, the, you know, the reveal that the Dilophosaurus has this big frill. I was like, what's happening? I still remember um, the part where uh, Lex... Lex falls through the ceiling grate. The raptor's down here. It jumps up and barely nips her. Um, there was a guy in the audience that just shouted out, Oh, shit! <laughs> I, saw the, I saw it in the south, but it scared that guy. Yes. And the, the whole, So the whole crowd had this big gasp and then huge, beautiful laugh at this guy being frightened. And um, I still remember uh, I was in middle school 
and uh, a kid ran down the hall and was like, there's a movie about a dinosaur zoo? And they, they break out and they eat people. And I was like, stop everything. What are you talking about? This is pre-internet. And I was just like, wait, what? Hold on. And we're like, what's it called? What's going on? Like, it was a, it was like a, a 12-year-old boy. Like, this is blowing my brain. Yeah. It was beautiful. I was a, uh, I, I was a kid. I was, so I was like 10. Mm. And I was at some kid's birthday party. And I remember it was not like somebody that I was actually friends with in elementary school. I was, like, I was but at you guys were standing party. out by the air conditioner yeah. comparing uh, penises. Well, I think I was trying to fuck his mom. And so I showed up at this <laughs> birthday party and, um, you know, leaning against the refrigerator all cool drinking my yoo-hoo yeah, uh, with man. my dick out and I uh, but I remember this kid got for his birthday and this was like 92 mm. he got Jurassic Park toys and I was hyper aware of toys I mean obviously I'd like collect crazy stupid toys and this was pre the film mm. and again just like you said there was no fucking internet not for us to peruse, I should say, yeah. at the very least. And uh, so don't fucking call us out in the comments and say, <laughs> well, The internet was actually created by Al Gore in... Uh, 1973! Anyway, he gets these, and I'm going, what is this? And I'm looking at the toys, and I'm like, what? And he said the same, he's like, oh, dinosaurs, uh, on his dinosaur zoo. And I was like, oh my god. And and I re- I found out, like... Suddenly, the next day, I just remember... And Brandon was no longer a boy. Right. At that Everything, point, he was a man. Suddenly, it's I started like, seeing the pattern. clicked. Yes. Well, no, I started seeing the patterns. I was like, oh, there's a what Jurassic kind of Park. Was there's it? Jurassic Park. Like, suddenly, the, the, the billion-dollar marketing campaign mm-hmm. kind of hit me. And I was like, oh, my God. They put the toys out a year before the movie. That's amazing. Which is insane. And those toys, by the way, were fucking incredible. They had dino damage. Dino damage! I had every single toy in the original line of Jurassic Park. But I had never heard of it until then. And then there's like a novel. And I was like, oh my god. Bought the novel. I read the novel. That was my point of entry. I was 16, I think, when the movie came out and everything. And I had been a huge Michael Crichton fan since I was like 11 or 12. So I'd read, you know so many of his books and of course it was just a natural progression to move on to Jurassic Park and I had read the book before the movie came out so I totally knew what to expect and actually going back to what I had said earlier when we were at the beginning of the podcast talking about um, the nightmare that I had as a kid when I sat in the movie theater I had such a strange emotional response to this movie because Mm -hmm. the whole sequence where the kids are in the uh, in the Ford Explorer and of course you know the powers died and the car is not moving and the two kids are stuck in one car everybody else is in the other car Mm -hmm. Gennaro has fled and left them completely (laughs) and then of course you've got the sequence that is just so well known where there's the glass of water sitting on the dashboard and then the ripples within the water because of the vibration from the T-Rex walking through wind and fire to thank for that Anywho, uh, the sequence where she gets the flashlight and is you know the flashlight yeah. is shining around, I'm sorry, and then all of a sudden, I'm sorry. the eye in the yeah. window—that was an image directly from my fucking nightmares as a child, oh, and I remember freaking the fuck out. And of course, trying to kind of keep my shit together because I was on a fucking date when I went and saw this movie, you know, with a girl. But I saw oh, that wasn't image. With the boy? What's that? <laughs> you weren't on a date with a boy? No, we hadn't met yet. Brian. Okay. Oh, that's right. I didn't God. know you. You, you did not know me then. <laughs> Adorable. No, I was actually on a date with a girl. Okay, cool. 
It must have been nice. Nameless. Um, hope she was but yeah. I hope you loved her. I wouldn't. Actually, I did. Oh, well, I good. Did very Gl- much. I'm glad. But, but she's nothing like me. Nothing like you. No, she was blonde. Um, <laughs> Kerp, but Kerp. That, that was actually... That, 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 <laughs> it was, you're ruining my story here. I'm trying to get like a moat. So, so, so you're 16, you're on a, on a date. date. But I'm on a date, and yet I was transported in that movie to where I was four or five years old, having this fucking nightmare where I'm in my parents' house, running around the whole house is vibrating because of the big steps that the T-Rex is making and I remember opening up the curtains to the window to look outside and instead what do I see? I see the fucking eye right outside the window and it was. It was an image straight out of my nightmares and in a way, you know, and at this point, I was a huge horror fanatic already. You know, I'm 16 years old, so, you know, it's like I'm watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. really getting into the effects side of mm-hmm. things. It's when I started doing makeup um, and this scared me in a way that I had not been scared in a long time. You know, Jurassic Park, I would think of at that time as being just a thrill ride. You know, it's a roller coaster. I enjoyed it. But even then, with, with movies like that, I just I wouldn't think that they would be scary movies. And this movie scared the shit out of me just because of that one image. I want, you know, Jack, I want you to talk more about the movie, but I also just want to share one more oh, I thing. Love, I, love, I love hearing you guys. <clears throat> also, it's our show. So I'm going to mute your mic, Jack. <laughs> wait, 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 Please stop. And when you're done here, go wash my fucking car. Yes, sir. Two coats. <laughs> uh, so. Now, Jack, uh, don't con me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> so I was 10 when I saw this movie. At this point in time, I was convinced that I was going to be a marine biologist because of Jaws. That's cool. When I saw Jurassic Park. My initial thought at the beginning, because I, like I, because I was so like hooked, like the first the first time I saw the movie, I came away from the movie thinking um, I want to be a paleontologist. But the funny thing happened because I went and saw the movie a second time the next day, and I remember distinctly. It's weird because you were saying you remember the first time. I actually remember the second time a lot more. I remember being the next day active. Like I remember. The anticipation of the scene that you just mentioned, mm. and how I, I got—I was so nervous for the attack on the on the explorer to happen. I remember my, my leg jittering up and down, like uncontrollably. And then a funny thing happened: you pissed all over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I looked around the room. I looked around the theater, um, and I saw. Everybody in the theater doing the exact same thing. They were all, every single person in that room, like, looked terrified. Their eyes were glued to the screen. And then something happened in my brain. Something, like, clicked. And I I didn't even look at the film any. I, I suddenly just kept, I couldn't stop looking at the people. That's so cool. And I didn't even watch the attack. What was happening was I was watching everybody start to, like, scream and react. Well, you had already seen the attack, so now you actually have the opportunity to really take in what the audience is Right, and this thing happened in me where I was like, as a kid, I always, I loved being the center of attention. <laughs> but something, Not much has changed. No, no. Uh, but something, ha- don't laugh too loud. This is because I'm talking. No, something, shut up. <laughs> shut up! <laughs> no, but but something happened where suddenly I realized 
that what I wanted to do was something that would make everybody at the same time react the way that the people in that theater did. So it was. So you yelled fire, and that's how you wound up exactly. Juvenile. Rapist here! I pointed to somebody next to me, and the whole place turned on him, and it was Dodson. Oh my god. Dodson here! We got Dodson! Something clicked, and that... So that second viewing of Jurassic Park was the day that I decided I wanted to direct. That's so cool. That And I that was from ten years old on is when I kind of was like, that's it! That's it! And coincidentally, or not coincidentally, but part of the marketing push for that movie was... They aired on television on primetime the making of Jurassic Park, hosted by James Earl Jones, that showed kind of a little bit of insight into it. And then they also put out a book called The Making of Jurassic Park that had everything in it about the design. And then the last hundred pages of the book were storyboards from the film. And I was like, well... And I started drawing again, how to draw dinosaurs. That's anyway, so cool. I, like I, I don't, I didn't mean to hijack that for too long. No, no, no. But that's... like, the fact is, is that's the movie will always. A lot of filmmakers talk about the movie for them. Mine was Jurassic Park, that's... so that was it for me. I love the movie. That's enough. I'll let you now talk about it. No, that that's the thing is, that it feels it almost feels silly to talk about it because I, I just like sharing. Like, what oh, can what you, you say? What can you say? It's and good lord, it's almost. I can't think of like a single scene that's not. It's like, oh, it's perfect. That's perfect. And that's one thing, you know, as a kid, I think even as a 12 year old kid, when they're having the debates about what's going on, I still was engaged, which is hard for me. I was like, you know, the thing I'm looking forward to the most is like, where are the dinosaurs? Where are they going to attack people? But while they're having these talks around the lunch table, you're selling it. You're yeah. selling it. Now, but you're Spielberg selling has, has it's, they've, it's they've so good. Condensed the dialogue. Down to there's not like a wasted. No, it's it's literally as efficient of a screenplay about yes. genetic engineering yes. oh, as you're ever going to get. This might be silly. I think it has. I can't think of better exposition in a movie. Uh, there there are four. There are there are three things that I'm just like, <clears throat> God damn, that's clever. Um, Grant uh, giving the speech and terrifying that kid at the beginning. Yes. That sets up, and now... Not only does it set up his character. It, it, yes, it's revealing, oh shit, this guy knows his stuff and does not like kids. <laughs> you might as well just put a gun on him, uh, mm-hmm. Alan. Um, do you really want to scare him? But, oh, you think that their their vision's based on movement. We've set that up. But that's, and uh, the most beautiful one, that's when the attack happens, not from the front, from the sides. The two you didn't... And then later, when Clever Girl happens, I remember going, oh, they told us that would happen, and I forgot. So when this, when the Clever Girl moment happened as a kid, I was like, ah! I would have... It, it made me realize I would have gotten eaten, too. Yeah. Because I... Uh, you know, in Muldoon... Chekhov's just, Raptor. Oh, my gosh! Oh, my... <laughs> that's the title of the episode. Perfect. That's it. It's like they told you... That's what, the name of my new band, by the way. <laughs> Chekhov's Raptor. I'm there. I would go see them. And also, I the most just beautiful... I think this was all Spielberg's idea. Mr. DNA. That's the yeah, coolest. Yeah, Mr. DNA was great. It's so cool of like, well, we gotta let people know how it's this It's such a great way of handling the exposition. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, you'd I be mean, on the a little book, dinosaur like, ride. The book does a really great job. Michael mm-hmm. Crichton... Jo- Michael Crichton was fucking brilliant <laughs> at taking these like high concept... Con- concepts... And writing them in the most, like, 
easygoing, like every man kind of. Di- I like I'm a huge Michael Crichton fan. I know a lot of people that are like, "Fuck Michael Crichton's writing sucks," and I'm like, "No, no, no, kiss my ass, man." It's, the guy's he, had some of the most successful books ever. Except, no, he's great. Like, he's great, and yeah. that's well, that's always what it is. It's just like this fucking dick sucker who's like, <laughs> the movie Jurassic Park sucks. It's like, come on, dude, John Bob. Yeah, it's just what just time to take you behind the like, woodshed. How, how do you not? Like, that's. <laughs> How could you not like it? Okay. One of my favorite things that like did carry over because there are if, if you've read the book, there are substantial differences yeah, between yeah. the book huge and the movie, deviations. But yes. you know things that actually wind up creeping up in later Jurassic Park films. Oh yeah, to this day. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. But you know, I think one of the, my favorite things that was described pretty succinctly in the book and that wound up popping up in the movie was who was the narrator when they're taking the the Ford Explorer tour uh Richard uh, Richard Kiley uh, Richard <laughs> it's like it's like spared no one of the things that uh that, that that Crichton says in the book too or that like you know Grant notices while they're listening you know to this presentation as they're going through and viewing the paddocks and everything is it's like oh wow they managed to get Richard Kiley to do this. <laughs> and sure enough, in the movie, who did they get to do that voiceover? Richard Kiley. I was like, yeah, fuck, yeah. Joke, like, to the, yes, absolutely. What's the other bit of exposition, Jack? You, did we, um, you say there oh, were three? It was, it, was, it was the... Oh, I guess that it would be, it would be two. I, uh, the... the, the the, the raptor setting up the attack comes uh-huh. from the side. And Mr. DNA. T- T-Rex vision based on movement, and then uh, the Mr. DNA. Yeah. I'm sure there's something else in there. But just those three things, <clears throat> they, they come in. It just per- it never stuck out as, and now let me talk and break down these things. And it just it keeps the, the, the flow moving, revealing character. Like, it's great. It's interesting, too, that the movie kind of was under the radar in a way, which is mm-hmm. really bizarre because Spielberg was coming off of a couple of, eh. True. You yes, know, he, he had and... done, he had done Hook, he had done Always, he had done Last Crusade, which is whatever. Uh, I, I mean, <coughs> I know people like it. What? But this was, uh, this was kind of a, a a return to form for him in a way, but I like to think of it as a culmination of everything that he learned as a filmmaker True. up to this point. Because the things that he did that I think are brilliant are he took the denser parts of the novel and even the darker parts of the novel, just like he did with Jaws, and kind of was well, like, like eating the baby's face off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and which is it's you know I remember because I read the book. I, Actually, I don't remember if I read the novel before I saw the movie or if it was, like, in tandem. I know I read that book. I remember reading that book in a fucking you-save in Town and Country. Uh, I, oh, like, God. reading, and I remember reading the Nedry death scene Dude, yeah. at you-save and being like, oh, oh my, my God. God. He's, like, his warm intestines spilling all in over. The things. He's in it there. And getting his head crushed. I, I mean, just it's, hope it'll be over soon. And, you like, know. Jesus Christ. It, yeah. Yes, the, the 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 violence in the movie is wild, or in the novel is yeah. wild. But what's you know just kind of like in Jaws is the same way. The book Jaws, the violence is. There's this even a scene in Jaws where like uh, the deputy like tries to save an old man from getting eaten, but he ends up just like ripping his arm off. Huh. And the way it's, it's just like Jaws is not a well written novel, but like it's still it's like the visceral violence of it is like Gleh. Jurassic park the novel is very visceral Mm. the movie because there's a lot of viscera in it yeah but the movie kind of like does the same thing without being 
like so horrific. It's not gratuitous. It's, it's not gratuitous. And, 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 and to kind of compare it in a weird way, like the sequel, The Lost World, mm-hmm. there's a scene where a, per- a character gets killed in that movie mm-hmm. that was kind of like the equivalent to uh, the lawyer getting eaten off the toilet. That when I saw that, yeah. I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh. I remember when the guy gets ripped in half yeah. in The Lost World that I was like, I actually was... T- like taken aback in the sense where I was like too visceral, yeah, like too horrific. In because Spielberg's such a powerful filmmaker that when you have such a strong image like that, it really can hit home. Yeah, he makes us he casts the right actors, and you feel for them. You don't want it to Eddie, this day. It kills me that like Quint dies. It kills yeah. me that Muldoon dies. Yes, and I I love Eddie Carr. Um, Eddie Carr in Lost World. That, that he's the one that gets ripped in half. He works so he hard does nothing to save wrong. Them. And the poor. I, I've never felt like more. I I've never put myself more in a role than that guy because the 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 you the, the huge their truck the huge truck's going over he's got the he's hero he grapples it on yeah now his truck is sliding oh I gotta go reverse it's that actually, he's and actually that, really badass he's in the sequence. On, he is fucking yeah. awesome and he dies such a I'm like, oh, Eddie, I liked you a lot. But, and then also, sorry, one final thing. We hardly got remember, to know you, Eddie. I, we hardly <laughs> did. I remember he's backing up so hard that the car is going back and forth. And then he's being attacked, and he doesn't bail. He keeps backing up. To give them more time, I was like, Eddie Carr, you're awesome. Yeah, it's badass. <laughs> sorry. And, and, it, and it's a really it's dramatic death. And it's, it's I think that probably traumatized a lot of people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> more so than the gymnastics uh, oh, kick. Jeff Goldblum almost saves that moment, oh. but no, you can't. Well, let's let's kind of wrap it up on Jurassic Park here. I we could probably genuinely I make this joke on every episode about that. We'll save that for our next podcast. I actually think we could create a Jurassic Park <laughs> podcast and talk about it for years. Yeah, because there's so much there's to explore. A lot to unpack in that movie. It is Hell such yeah. a, a strong movie. It plays amazingly on a giant screen. I, I mean, it really does play beautifully on a big screen. But but I'm not here to say it's not my pick. Why don't you tell us? You, tell us some drive-in totals. What does this movie oh, have going for it? What uh, makes this movie a good drive-in film? Oh my goodness! If if you were out, I I think some of it is just being in nature. Being if you are in, you know, you're surrounded by trees, surrounded by outside. Big screen, uh, the, the beautiful, the sound. What's giant. that scratching on my car door? I, know, I think it's a raptor. Can shit! You, can you imagine, like <laughs> the idea of being in your vehicle and watching them get attacked? And one thing, and oh boy, the Spielberg guy, he kind of knows what he's doing. The, all the shots as they're watching through the windows, so much as you're in the car and the thing is on the outside of the car, it'd just be so much fun to watch in a car. Frames or, or, and frames. Or a Jeep Explorer. Oh my or a Ford Explorer. God. Ford Explorer. Could they were actually, imagine? they were Jeeps in the book, uh, In the book, in right? the book oh. but they were Ford Explorers Because that's the, the year movie. the Ford Explorer dropped up. Yeah, because they, like, paid, they paid for the, to be in that movie. Boom. Um, but yeah, and uh, John Williams' score is just gorgeous. Uh, beautiful characters, well written. There's not an ounce of... Every Fat. scene is just... It's a slamming banger. It's I, I, I <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh my God, <laughs> Doctor Arnold, it's you. Why did you assume that? <laughs> Laura Dern is racist. Oh, uh, little things that I noticed on rewatch that I'd never noticed before. Laura Dern 
gives some of the best screams. Oh my god, are you there's, kidding me? I never noticed that. There's a part where the T-Rex chasing the Jeep down, slamming the head against. She lets Wait, out that, a... That shot where yes, she backs she is, up onto she, Malcolm and yes, screams 100% is that. the scream Holy of absolute shit. terror and, All right. uh, the, the final thing, just to, uh, to kind of piggyback on what you said, one of the beautiful things, and I don't know how you do it. I think some of it is is the claustrophobia of it all. Uh, Spielberg, and I know Crichton did go it, super visceral, gross, nasty stuff. Spielberg does just enough to terrorize you, but he never makes... Well, they kind of, they came up with the... Not, they, sorry, they didn't come up with velociraptors. Um, but... We love dinosaurs. So, yeah, the T-Rex is kind of the hero. Yeah. He never makes it where, you know, it's not the shark and jaws. Yeah, we as kids always wanted to see the dinosaurs. Right. And so finding that balance of I don't want to ever make them monsters. I want you to still see the love and amazement, but then remind you that they're scary. Yeah, Some of that he does with just distance. You know, everything's claustrophobic when it's scary time. But he also does it with the reactions of the people. Yes. I mean, it's it's very telling that, like, the big difference between that and the fucking movies that are out now that are <laughs> have the same title, like, oh. or share, you know, similar titles and properties, like, the push-ins, the, the first time you see the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, it yeah. is, like, it pushes in, people are crying. Yeah. Because they're just, like, so, like... It's a sense of wonder. Tree moving herds. <laughs> you did it. You crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, it's just, it, it really is, it, like, the sense of wonder. You're absolutely right, Jack. They don't, vi- the, they don't villainize the dinosaurs. They, they just are like, they're not, they're just doing what they do, yeah. and we're here. Yeah. Well, it's and, like any other type of animal. You know, you got your herbivores. And then you've got your meat eaters. Yeah. And the meat eaters can be pretty fucking scary. I mean, they're pretty epic when you kind of see them at a distance, but when they're up in your grill, they're scary as shit. So you get that respect for them. Exactly. And speaking of shit, man, one of the biggest piles of shit that you could ever see (laughs) in any film. That is one big big old pile of dino shit. (laughs) That got the biggest laugh. I I, I will always forget. Remember that. It's poop. (laughs) Well... Cool. All right, Jack. Good. Uh, good. Good reference. Uh, or good. <laughs> yes. All right, Jack. Whatever. Good. Good reference. What? No. Dino. Um, interesting. Interesting choice. Yeah. What the hell? I thought you were gonna lock that baby dinosaur up in cryo storage. Well, yeah, I was gonna, but I got all distracted. What with trying to program a double feature. Hello. Don't, don't take this thing away. But you're being incredibly irresponsible with this whole pet dinosaur thing. Don't get all pre-hysterical on me. we got a regular Austin O'Brien over here. <laughs> uh, for your information, while we've been talking, I've taught little Puce here a few tricks. You named the dinosaur Puce? Yeah. You've seen Jurassic Park 5, right? They, uh, they always name dinosaurs after colors, so this little guy is Puce. On account of all that uh, dark red crust around his mouth. That's blood. And your vegan dinosaur is eating a stray cat as we speak. Ah, that puce! Drop it! Drop that cat puce! Don't swallow it! Don't... Fuck! Brandon, you're trying to teach a dinosaur to be a vegetarian. You're deliberately attempting to change its nature. You're not God, Brandon, and puce shouldn't be alive. Okay, now you've heard his feelings. Look... 
He's crying. There's a there's a tear dripping out of his little reptile eye. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I'll never get him to wear military-grade weapons and be able to sell them to an underground black market. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Well, what do you got for us, Chris? Classic shit. <laughs> I'm bringing in some <clears throat> Valley of Guanji. 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 Professor, there's a big lizard back there and he's heading this way. Now get aboard! director Jim O'Connolly's wonderful movie based upon a script by William Bast and additional material by Julian Moore based on Guanji by Willis O'Brien. Yes, that Willis O'Brien. Willis O'Brien who was responsible for the original stop motion effects in the original King Kong. Hell yes. So this was a pet project of Willis O'Brien's and he tried for decades we're talking decades to get this movie made. Was he alive to see it made? or did No, he actually, I think he died in 62. Oh, damn. And this movie didn't come out until 69. So, yeah, it, uh, it did not uh, come to fruition during his lifetime. But his protege, Ray Harryhausen, <laughs> did make the movie. And actually, this was the last dinosaur movie that Ray Harryhausen did. Wow, okay. So, yeah, and it's got a great cast. You've got some real genre veterans here. James Franciscus, who uh, was in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, my personal favorite Planet of the Apes Probably movie. the best Planet yeah. of the Apes. Yeah. He was opinion. also in uh, Dario Argento's uh, Four Flies on Grey Velvet? Cat of Nine Tales. No, Cat of Nine Tales with Tales. Carl Malton. Yeah, with right. Carl Malton, yeah. Uh, and, and you know that one? Oh, yeah, all the time, guys. <laughs> Cat of Nine Tales. <laughs> Carl Walton was in Streetcar Named Desire, I know that. Yeah. 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 Well, he plays the same character. Yeah, pretty much, except this one's blind. Yeah. So it's funny. And he writes crossword puzzles for the <laughs> newspaper. Who else is in this movie? I don't know. Uh, Gila Kalan, who, I don't know if she's related to, you know, the whole... Gila Gol- Monster? Gila, yeah, no, Gila, no, not Gila, Gila Monster. <laughs> no, uh, what is it, Golan Globus? Oh, yeah, Golan and Globus, yeah, yeah. Menachem and, uh, yeah... Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, she is Israeli, and those guys are Israeli, so, you know, it could be. And that's the one thing in this movie, dude. Her, her lines are totally dubbed. Yeah. <laughs> like every, really? Everything is dubbed for her uh, because, yeah, she just had such a thick Israeli accent. Um, but some other genre cred here. Richard Carlson. I don't who, recognize him. Uh, he was in Creature from the Black Lagoon. He was in uh, It Came From Outer Space. Mm. He was in uh, Earth vs. the Flying Saucers. Oh, shit. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Richard Carlson's got some serious, serious genre cred. Um, Lawrence Naismith, who plays a very, very typical kind of, you know, uh, as the Brits would call it, like an egghead. You know, or a boffin. I guess boffin is the British term. And uh, then we've got uh, Frida Jackson in there, too. But, yeah, no, I, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, this movie really kind of speaks to the 10-year-old boy in me, much the same way that Jurassic Park does. Although this movie's got, uh, I don't want to say it has more charm than Jurassic Park does, um, but it is it's an incredible... It's got that handheld, or not uh, handmade... 
Yeah, I mean, you, you, there's there's a lot of love that went into this movie, and it's funny because one of the producers on the film said it was like you know the worst movie he had ever made with uh, Ray Harryhausen, which I was like, I think it's some of Harryhausen's best work, really. Uh, you know, there are certain limitations that kind of happen in there, but I mean, really, the the whole thing. If we go into like the synopsis here, yeah, what's it about? Um, it, it says a cowboy named Tuck Kirby. I mean, look <laughs> at that fucking name, man, Tuck Kirby. Tuck Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have called him. <laughs> Kirby. You mean like the, the like the comic character? book illustrator? No. Fuck Kirby, the guy who created the Fantastic Four. Oh shit! Oh, it was it's Jack Kirby. No, I meant like the fat Kirby from like the video games. Oh, well, yes. That's when he sucks you in. Yes, and you and fuck him. You're it from the yes, inside. Yes, right inside oh. of him. Okay. Okay, we're on the same page. I feel really bad. Now. I just wanted to make sure. So anyway, a cowboy named Tuck Kirby Tuck seeks Kirby. fame and fortune by capturing an Allosaurus living in the Forbidden Valley and putting it in a Mexican circus. His victim, called Guanji, turns out to have an aversion to being shown in public. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's kind of like a cowboy King Kong. Uh, well, basically, yeah. what yeah. it is is it's you've got cowboys and dinosaurs, dude. Yeah. How much fucking better can you get than cowboys? And dinosaurs. I, I, I'm sorry. I think that that is... The only thing I will say is Cadillacs and dinosaurs. <gasps> In the 26th century, mankind faces an epic struggle for survival. The forces of nature have spun wildly out of control. Mighty cities have crumbled. And the dinosaurs have returned to reclaim the earth. In this savage land, one man stands alone, Jack Tenrack, defending humanity in a world gone mad, a world where only the strong survive, a world of Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Well, I hadn't thought about that. No, it's, a, it's an actual series that was a comic oh. book and a cartoon for like a while. Really? Cadillacs and dinosaurs? Very br- maybe a video game, a very brief period that I'm all, I've always been like, why the fuck isn't that a fucking movie? Mm. I feel like this movie probably... Needs a little bit of discovery um, on its own. Yeah, I mean it's it's a well made movie, but yeah, it's not the most widely known th- you know film that's out there. Well, Jack, what, why don't you go ahead and read to uh, what the uh, IMDb review, the worst review on IMDb, had to say about this? Uh, this is from David five four five four six, th- not the th- wait three September third. Yeah, September ah, 3rd. September sixty third. David David five <laughs> David five. <laughs> Hilariously bad. Uh, hard to believe that TCM showed this nonsense. The dinosaur looked like Barney. You who, kept who waiting. Is purple. I know. Yeah, and made of styrofoam. And the, these were okay. All right. Okay. David, you're not off to a good start. You kept waiting for this hilariously bad rendition of a dinosaur would just eat everyone. You what? kept or I kept? Who kept? I don't think oh, you kept. I don't. I don't think that's. Hold on, let me try that sentence. Yeah, English is terrible. Try it again. Sometimes, like, did I have a stroke just then? Yeah. You kept waiting for this hilariously bad rendition of a dinosaur would just eat everyone. Okay, so it makes sense. <laughs> On second reading, yeah, I get it. Now, now it makes it, sense. Context clues. Context okay, so clues. you fucked it up. Uh, yeah, oh, wait, wait, wait. But it gets better. It gets okay, better. Keep right. reading. Come to think of it, in King Kong, some did. Whoever made this film should have had their heads examined. I think that a fucking bot from a Russian troll farm wrote this. <laughs> That's really what I think. We have named it David. David, David 54, David. 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 Yeah. I'm sorry, David. But we've elected Trump as president. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thanks a lot, David fifty four six, for fucking making. A- okay, all right. King Kong. It wasn't not even close, but it was funny in a bad sort of way. <laughs> That's a one star review, by the way. Goodness gracious. A one star yeah, review. Yeah, I would give that so, review one star, definitely, because no, yeah, it was a piece of shit. No, clearly David546 is a, a genius. If you cannot express your thoughts in words, then don't bother, okay? <laughs> this is what the great, you know, emancipator that is the internet has given us. Well, let me get this straight. This guy's obviously seen King Kong, and he can't realize that he can't... Like, the distinction of the work in King Kong, like, evolving into the work in Guanji, like, it's not... The- oh, I mean, from the very least, the movie's in fucking color, man. It's in Technicolor. Right. You know what? He's probably referring to the Dino De Laurentiis Kong. Probably. Maybe he thinks that's a good yeah. one. That's, yeah. the good, that's the good movie. Jessica Lange. Yeah, and Jeff Bridges and his shitty beard. <laughs> yeah, but you also get Charles Grodin. You do get Charles Grodin. Grodin. Can you just for, can you Baker. just look at me like a real human boy for two seconds? A Clifford reference. <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> Every I movie needs more Charles Grodin, so by the excited. way. All right. So fuck you, David. Yeah. <laughs> Eat a butt. What's so great about Guanji, Chris? Well, I mean, I, I think I, I said it in the beginning there. Cowboys and dinosaurs, man. Yeah, I mean, what a, what a great fucking concept. You've got cowboys and dinosaurs, and there's a sequence within the movie where you've got the cowboys on horseback trying to capture this Allosaurus, you know, and they're, they're, they're throwing lassos. lassos. Yeah, lassos. <laughs> so you've got, like, three cowboys on horses lassoing this dinosaur, which was an amazing feat in and of itself because, you know, this, this film was shot in several different panes. You know, they've Is the through. rope, like, animated? How do they? Well, in in some of the close shots, you actually have actors on horseback with a realistic okay. lasso. So they shoot and the then what okay. they've they've done is apparently on the set for those shots where they were starting to, to film elements for compositing later, um, they had a pickup truck that had a large post in the bed of the pickup truck. And what they were doing is they were going through and they were lassoing this post in the back of the pickup truck. So something's really, truly never changed. Like visual effects, that's exactly how you do it to this day. And then what happened is that once they had that element photographed, Harryhausen went back and basically just animated the stop motion maquette over the top of where the pickup truck was. So the, the body of the Allosaurus completely just blocks out. You know. Yeah. So what he would do is that they would put up a, a screen and they would project frame by frame the footage that they already had in the can that was done on location with the horses and the actors. And then he would go through and he would basically re-record that prior, prior shot footage along with all the stop motion work. My um, question is, without... Can, like recalling it a hundred percent is it dissimilar from the scene in the lost world where they're lassoing the dinosaurs no, there's there's a lot of like do, do, do i mean Spielberg... remember once again we're talking about willis o'brien okay yeah. willis o'brien did lost world and here you have harryhausen who is his protege basically you know bringing to life Willis O'Brien's dream project that he never got to see. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that I think that get borrowed. And ironically enough, there's a lot of things from the Valley of Guanji that Spielberg steals 
or at least makes homage to absolutely in in Jurassic Park. Um, there's the sequence where you've got all the Gallimimuses that are running across the field and everything, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Gala, Gala, Gallimimus. Yeah, <laughs> they're so, walking this way. Yeah. So anyway, they're as they're way. they're running through. You know, out of out of left field, completely just from off frame, the T Rex comes in and just grabs one. In Jurassic okay? Park. In Jurassic yeah. Park, there's an almost exactly the same kind of scene where these Oranthomimuses are running across the scene, and then all of a sudden, out oh, of yeah. frame, the Allosaurus comes and grabs one yes. of them in just the same way. So, I mean, I think yeah, Spielberg was probably paying homage to Harryhausen and this film. Is it? Set during like the frontier? Is that the time? Um, actually, period, it's or? it's the turn of the century. Okay. Uh, so it's like nineteen hundred okay, or so the yeah, early nineteen hundred. American frontier. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of the wi- the winding down of the yes, old west. At right. this point, you've already got, and they make reference to it. They've got Buffalo Bill's Wild West show yeah. that's oh, nice. in existence and everything. In a, in a and show. you've got, and oh, you've got, dude, really, you've got these two rival operations here, which you know, you've got. It sounds like something that Joe Lansdale would have written. Uh, probably. I mean, <laughs> well, if you go through and you look at uh, listings of films that kind of follow the whole weird western genre, yeah, Guanji's at the top of the list. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a it's, true definition of weird western. Yeah, it, it's cowboys and it's dinosaurs. up there with Billy the Kid versus Dracula. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> um, you know, another thing in this movie too is that you actually you have a Mexican gypsy dwarf. What? Mm. Which, if dinosaurs and cowboys are not enough to get your ass, you know, to the drive-in and see this movie, Mexican gypsy dwarves. How often do you get to see a, a Mexican gypsy dwarf? I mean, other than in my dreams every night, mm-hmm. not very often, so, Jack. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And another thing about this movie is that the stunts are fucking fantastic. Dude, that here. was one of my notes. They take some of the gnarliest falls. There's one where well, a guy it's is the horses, on man. A horse. The shit that the horses do, which I'm sure you fucking PETA and the American <laughs> Humane Society, you know, can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Not allowed. You know, it's like we get a higher K and B to get some There's, fake oh, ass dude, horses. They, lo- they loved murdering horses <laughs> in old westerns. That was like the thing. That's the big reason why everybody loved making westerns. They're like, oh. That, there's a fucking movie called They Shoot Horses, Don't They? Oh, That's yeah. about the making of Westerns. I don't know yeah. if you guys know that or not. No. Well, actually, in this movie, you know, it's kind of like this movie was filmed in Spain where horses are cheap. Like lives. Yeah. Okay. That makes <laughs> sense. So they love to murder horses. Yeah. But, so, but I mean, some of the stunts in this movie, there's this one scene where uh, this Wild West circus, I guess, what is it? You know, Was it Buffalo Bills? Well, no, no, not Buffalo Bills. It's it's the Breckenridge Circus. Oh, right. And they, they come into this coliseum. What's a circus? Which is a bullfighting oh. ring. Shut up, man. Um, <laughs> they're in this, this bullfighting ring, and they're doing this kind of whole cowboys and indian sequence and everything there's like a conestoga wagon there and they've got these shots where there's this this guy sitting in the back of the conestoga wagon and the indians are shooting rifles at the cowboys and everything and they fire a a flaming arrow into the back of this conestoga wagon so the whole wagon goes up in flames and the camera is set up right there in the back of the wagon with one of these cowboys and like the fucking flames are all over the place and I'm like holy shit man you know this is some wacky ass stunts that they've got going on here but I mean just the stunt work in this movie is phenomenal I love good stunts yeah there's a guy that uh, I love watching people like almost die in movies yeah. oh, there's, there's something about it that is like incredible it's a guy on a horse rides up a hill just at this impossible angle like 10 feet and the horse just 
upends itself. Yeah. Which is, and, by the way, an anxiety nightmare I have on a regular basis. Not being in a horse, but going up a steep hill and the and, and, and just weight going front, like toppling over. So yeah, okay. Let me ask you: Have you guys ever have you ever gone horseback riding? Oh yeah. You, yes, I, I used about, to ride one all the time. Okay. One time, and I got hurt. I don't like horses. You got hurt. Okay, a uh, horse rode directly into low branches on a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now here's the thing: my sister was huge into horses. She was like a horse, a weird horse girl, a horse uh, whisperer. A horse yeah, but if I go, remember from the last time that you were here too, your sister likes to fuck with you quite a bit. Yeah, too. Yeah, it was so. And this might. So she probably going to say your sister likes to fuck. <laughs> she probably paid off the horse. Um, sorry, to I, fuck you. Sorry, Jack. I'm sorry, Jack's sister. Brooke Holloway's a saint. Okay. Um, sh- uh, but I was... Uh, this horse rode directly into a Call tree. <laughs> low branch. And um, it it hit me in the face and knocked me off the, the horse. And on a separate occasion, I never got on the horse again. Horses bite, and they have flat teeth. He took a chunk out of my side. So you got I don't, bit by a horse? What I the fuck were you doing? I was doing nothing. And that's why I'm like, I don't... I respect horses. You were raping the horse, weren't you? What were you trying to do to the horse, Jack? Literally, because everybody's like, come closer. He's nice. Yeah. And it just went and snapped me on the side. It's like, ah. Oh, my God. Didn't you also have your dick bitten by an ostrich? That is, that's bitten, yes. Yes. (laughs) Technically, yes. Because they're harmless, too. (laughs) Long throats. All right, Christopher Reeve. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) So as I mentioned earlier, uh, this this movie was shot in Spain. It takes place in Mexico. One of the things that I, I noticed watching this movie that you can really Heard tell it's Spain is that one of the villages and one of the locations that they shot in Sergio Leone's uh, for a few dollars more, it's the exact same location. So it's oh, like shit. I saw. I said I fucking know Definitely. that little pueblo kind of looking thing right there, and it was in the exact same location that they had used uh, in in that second of the dollars trilogy movies. So, you know, I love that. You know, that was another thing that was kind of like, Oh hell yeah. You got kind of spaghetti Western take in it. You know, this was the last movie that Harry Housen did any kind of dinosaur effects for. Mm. There were lots of other movies that he made after this, but they were a little more fantastical, you know, Sinbad and yeah. the, uh, the eye of the tiger, which are, you know, they kind of like are, they're great stoner movies, yeah. but are like questionable in their like value kind of like as they go on in a uh, way. I, mean, right? I, I enjoyed that movie. Of course. Yeah. Um, Clash of the Titans, you know, I, I love Clash of the Titans. Oh, I guess that's like, what, 71? Clash Some... of the Titans? No, yeah. it was 80. Oh my god, it's yeah, that late? 1980, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, that feels old. You know, we already talked about how old. this was the, a pet project of Willis O'Brien's yeah, and everything. Um, god, there's this one scene in the movie where uh, there's this little kid that's kind of hanging out with James Franciscus's character, uh, Tuck. Tuck Kirby. Tuck Kirby. And like, you know, he, he totally like works over Tuck Kirby too. It's yeah, like, you know, Lope. he's like, you know, he's Hey awesome. dude, you know, I can be your valet, which is almost the same type of routine that this kid pulls on fucking Clint Eastwood in, uh, the for Republican National more. Convention. Oh no, no. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But anyway, this little character, you know, Lope, um, they're they're going into this mythical valley, you know, where nobody's supposed to go, but it's where these strange creatures live. And uh, while they're in the valley, little Lope the kid 
this fucking pterodon yeah, comes swooping dude. out of the sky and grabs the kid uh, uh, and tries to fly off with the kid. So like they're all, you know all the adults are chasing after trying him, trying to pull to the kid down. And they're finally able to bring the pterodon down to the ground because the kid's a little too heavy for the, the pterodon to kind of carry him away. And one of the other fucking characters runs up and is wrestling with the pterodon and has got this thing by the head. And they're able to get the kid free. And then he just twists this thing's head and snaps its neck right there. And I was like, holy shit, this movie is G-rated. Yes. So it's got more than one dinosaur in it? Oh, shit, yeah, dude. There's all kinds of dinosaurs in here there's a, a strachosaurus that's in there yeah. there's the orinthomimus there's also i mean really the dinosaur that kind of starts this whole thing off is this little thing called an eohippus which that's kind of what gets everybody interested this captain uh, eohippus exactly exactly okay. yes the breckenridge circus is really not doing too well and of course they're trying to kind of find ways to you know make the circus more appealing to people you know coming to view them and everything and one of the workers on on the circus is aware of this hidden valley and manages to get a creature that lives there and it's this little kind of mini horse called an eohippus his name's el diablo yes and they call it el diablo it's horse, so it's this little, little miniature horsey. horse and everything like devil horse. but rather than horse. rather than having just regular hooves it's got like toes and everything which is one of the Ew. defining characteristics that kind of separates oh, it from like yeah, modern horses like but you know this kind of comes from like you know the era of like mastodons and you yeah. know woolly mammoths and shit and everything yeah. but once uh once they find out about this you know this tuck kirby guy who works for the buffalo bill circus and is wanting to buy out the breckenridge circus um you know he finds this thing and later on they track it back to this valley where these things came from and of course there's all these dinosaurs and shit that are living there so i mean yeah you've got these strachosauruses which are a lot like triceratops and everything but instead of having like three horns and stuff they've got a big frill along the back of their neck with spikes and shit that come out of it and everything um and then there's the allosaurus and of course you get some like hot dino on dino action that's in there and everything (laughs) Um, Bitings and stabbing. Exactly, and yeah, man. Which is you know, totally, totally cool. You mentioned Hidden Valley. Yes, and is they do that, not make ranch. That's there. A ranch. No, okay. No. So not where that got its that name from. No, he's from Mexico, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was about to go buy a salad. I was all excited for a second. Now I'll never eat fucking salads. Yeah, <laughs> so be it, man. Um, you know, there there are a few little flaws in this movie, though, as well. I think there, there was one sequence where they're finally able to kind of capture the Allosaurus mm-hmm. and bring it down so they can transport it back to where the circus is and everything. And even Harryhausen, I think, in, in you know some stories was talking about how they, they ran out of time and they ran out of money. So instead of being able to go through and do all the... Uh, the animation that they wanted to do for this particular sequence where they finally capture this thing, um, they had to use a solid, like, static Allosaurus, which for a few of those shots, you can tell, it just it looks really, really bad in wow. some of those. Is it's it worse just... than, like, the Carlo Rambaldi King Kong in 76 that's just, like, standing there for a minute? Uh, <laughs> I would say that it's on par with Really? That. It's, yeah. that, it's that kind of, like... Yeah, I mean, everything else up to that point is great. I mean, Okay, the, but the, it sounds comparable to, like, the shitty dinosaurs in Land of Time Forgot, in a way. Well, like, and, but kind of, seriously, like, I mean, awesome the, their... this, this, this sequence and stuff like that, you know, maybe you see a total of maybe 10 seconds 
of this one solid dinosaur and everything, which still you're kind of like, uh. And then there's like, I think later on when they do the big unveiling at the circus saying, you know, much like in King Kong. Because, I mean, there's a lot of similarities between King Kong. You know, you've it got... It sounds like it. You've got, you know, these, these showmen that have this strange, unusual creature that they're going to go through and they're going to unveil mm-hmm. to the public and everything. And much in the same fashion, <laughs> they do that. But the difference is, is that you've got... Um, you know, these kind of tradition, these, these Mexican gypsies that say, you know, these animals should not be, you know, exploited in this way. So they actually kind of like infiltrate into the circus. And on, on the day that they're going to unveil this creature, they like unbolt the cage, you know, yeah. like, try to let this thing oh, loose and everything. They like Lost World. Yeah. Oh my God. Like in the Lost World. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. When they, they're like, they let him, let, like, Vince. into the camp. Vince, Ball. when good old Vincey Vince goes and... <laughs> I got a weird Vince Vaughn story, yeah. by the way. I'll tell you, I'll tell it to you guys later. Oh, and if you subscribe to our Patreon account, you'll hear the, the <laughs> you'll story, hear the same story. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there's like a, there's a shitty composite shot and stuff where the like the matte painting and the effect really don't line up all that well. Those are like the only two like major flaws I saw. I mean, if anything, the movie's fucking charming. Yeah, you know, it's you can a forgive really, really it because it was made movie. by hand. Yeah, yes. I mean, really, we're dealing with real things. Yeah. Okay. I, I had an argument earlier today with uh, some people that I know where they were talking about, so oh, yeah, blood. these movies, you know, these old movies are so fake looking and everything. And I said, you want to know something? These old movies are more real than the shit that you watch today because you want to know something? CGI is not real. Don't you feel like when it's people say real. that they're just parroting thoughts, like they're not actually, they don't really believe that. They're just kind of like, it's like when somebody like tells you their political views and you're like, you haven't taken the time to think about this. Like, yeah. Because really, your political view is you don't give a shit. Like it's clear, and and it's the same with that. Like when somebody says, like, you know, the, 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 the those old movies, they look fake. Like the shark and Jaws is looks fake, and you're like, but it's real. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's there. What the fuck are you talking? You, you're like, like you're not even watching the movie. Yeah, but honestly, point. those people are mental midgets, and if you try to kind of engage them in an argument that way, where they're like, what do you mean they're real? It's a movie. It's all make believe, and it's right. kind of like, yeah, you have about yeah. the depth of. It's like arguing with a, a, the guy that holds a sign about, you know, it's like, or the Westboro Baptists. Mm. Don't, don't bother wasting your ar- fucking breath. breath arguing with those dipshits. God hates gay dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wiped them out. Dinosaurs were gay. That's why they're gone. <laughs> that's why they're gone. Don't tell those creationists that. Oh, I we all wrote I on the backs of dinosaurs. <laughs> there was a guy that I used to teach with. Yeah. <laughs> He, he and, honestly uh, believed that <laughs> dinosaurs, you know, that the world was only about 5,000 years old and that human beings and dinosaurs existed at the same time. Look, I'm going to tell you this. The only he reason, was a history teacher. The only reason that I'm kind of into the idea of creationism is just for the fact that I've always wanted to, like, be a dino rider. Harness the power. Dino riders. The evil Rulon shackle the Dynamicus. Greyfox on attack! They're sitting ducks! Heroic Questar on Diplodocus opens the secret pod. They're firing on me! Look out for the trap! Take this, Edhead! The hidden rockets blast the evil Rulon. We'll meet again, Questar! Diplodocus with motorized walking action. Dynamicus and Pteranodon. With figures in battle gear, each sold separately. Dino Riders. I've just wanted to strap a saddle onto a dinosaur and fucking <laughs> ride it. Um, well, Chris, why don't we, um, tell us, tell us, why does this play great on a drive-in screen? 
cowboys and dinosaurs, man. I keep <laughs> coming back to that simple thing, but it, it's fucking cowboys and dinosaurs. I, I can't think of anything that's a better fit on a drive-in screen with that, except for maybe Mexican gypsy dwarves. <laughs> and tiny horses. Yeah, and tiny horses. Uh, Chris, why don't we take a, take a moment and have a word from our, uh, from our other sponsor. Okay, fantastic. Are you looking for that authentic taste that can only be achieved by the finest wood smoke and the choicest aged meat? We'll march your happy little eyes south of the border and get you some Breckenridge barbecue. Our pitmasters have perfected over the millennia the subtle art of meat procurement, slow wood smoking, and generous portioning that makes Breckenridge barbecue the pinnacle of great barbecue. Whether you are in the mood for some orinthomimus legs, strachosaurus brisket, or a whole bone-in eohippus, we've got you covered. And for those of you with a monster appetite, give our world-famous Guanji Challenge a try. Go toe-to-toe with a 64,000-ounce Allosaurus, and if you eat it before it eats you, your meal is free. You get an authentic I Conquered Guanji bandana, your picture on our wall of fame, and free balloons for the kids. So come on down to Breckenridge Barbecue. That's Breckenridge Barbecue under the Route 10 Bypass in Mexico. Guys, now's the part of the show where we play a little game. And today's uh, game is a little game I like to call Ding Dong, You're Dead. So you just sent your mortal enemy straight into the aching bowels of hell where they belong. Cool, bro. Good for you. But did you send them to hell with the most badass on-the-nose pre-mortem one-liner ever echoing through their about-to-be-dead ears? No? Well, Fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. Let me give you a couple of names. Raphael Sabarge, Ryan Thomas Johnson, Scott Valentine, Eric Roberts. What do these four tough hombres have in common besides a predilection for showing up on set drunk as shit? Easy. They all murdered dinosaurs after delivering the best one-liner ever. Note, the best in this case is really probably the worst. I'm going to give you one pre-mortem one-liner and two ringers. It's up to you guys to guess which one is correct. Whoever wins, of course, gets one million dollars. Whoever loses, ding dong, you're dead. Some motherfucker is always trying to ice skate uphill. Best step out my face for something bad happened to you. Too late. Welcome to prime time. Classic. All right, so here we go. The the film is. I, I specifically wanted to use the uh, the classic films, uh, the the Carnosaur series. Oh dearie. We have Carnosaur, Carnosaur two, Carnosaur three, Primal Species, and the often overlooked Raptor, which is really just the anyway. The Carnosaur movie is all kind of edited into one film with Eric Roberts. Um, so here we go. In the film Carnosaur, the final blow is uh, Raphael Sabarge 
impales a dinosaur with a backhoe loader. Right before the final blow, does he say, Who needs an asteroid when you've got a bobcat? Does he say, I hate wildlife? Or does he say, How do you speed up a dinosaur's computer? Give it a good ram! Uh, Jack, go ahead. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm gonna have to go for the second one. What was the... I hate wildlife? I hate wildlife. Okay. How about I'm you, gonna go with the first one, man. A. Who needs an asteroid when you've got a bobcat? Exactly. That's a dope one. The correct answer is... I hate wildlife. Oh! Jack! I felt right. The film is Carnosaur 2. The final blow is... Drops dinosaur down 200 foot mine shaft with forklift. A lot of forklift finales. Well, yeah. It's great. Was the final line, eat this, Barney, was it, I've got a bone to pick with you, or was it, how's this for an extinction level event, motherfucker? Chris? How's this for an extinction level event, motherfucker? All right. That's what I'm going to say. Jack? I'm thinking, because probably in the 90s, I'm thinking Barney. The correct answer is eat this Barney. Oh. There you go, Jack. Well man. done, Jack. You're two right. for two. Two for two. It's gonna I'm be close. For two. Yeah. Guys, I'm... So fuck you. <laughs> Carnosaur three, primal species. The final blow is they toss C four into dinosaur's mouth. Is the final line the pre mortem one liner? Is it death finds a way? Oh man! Is it dynamite, <gasps> or is it we either become dinner now or get barbecued a few seconds later? I'll take my chances with the barbecue. <laughs> oh man! All right, um, Jack, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the third one. We either become dinner now, dinner now, okay. or. Yeah, okay. I'm going to do a write-in on this one, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to say, say ah, motherfucker. Okay, Ooh. the correct So I'm going to throw in some Peter Weller, say ah, motherfucker. Okay, the correct answer is, we either become dinner now, oh, or get barbecued a few seconds later. I'll take my chances with the barbecue. Quite a mouthful. That's why I was like, this is really poorly written. Yeah. That, that smells like carnosaur. <laughs> and the other two, I was like, these are actually good. I was like, funny. <laughs> okay, good, good call on that. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no it's good. Um, okay. Now the, the fourth and final, and here's the deal. Jack, you are in the lead with, um, wow, actually it's three. And Chris, you're with zero. zero. But it's about to get intense because whoever gets this one right is going to win. It's the golden snitch. Sweet. I love it. Fair Let's enough. Let's go. Fair enough. Okay, I changed the rules because it's that's the kind of show this is. The film is Raptor. Eric Roberts delivers the final blow where he drops a dinosaur down a 200-foot mine shaft with a forklift. Does Eric Roberts say, Suck on this, dino whore. Does he say, Jurassic times call for Jurassic measures. <laughs> or does he say, eat this, Barney? Chris? I think I'm going to say, eat this, Barney. Jack? <laughs> Wait, what? Is it, eat this, Barney again? Or no? 
I'm going to say Eric Roberts demanded a rewrite and said, uh, not Dino Horror was the second one. Jurassic Times called for Jurassic Measures. That's fantastic. I'm going second. Rams it with the forklift. Ah. Well, Raptor reuses footage from all from, the Carnosaur films, <laughs> including the same line. Ah. He says, eat this, Barney. Now, there is a great... Fu- so, Chris, you just won a million dollars. Congratulations. Yeah. The bonus follow-up line, as soon as Eric Roberts rams the forklift into the dinosaur, dropping him down a 200-foot mine shaft, he gets out of the forklift, looks down at his work, and says, Wow, I got him. Just like that. Is this delivered- before or after he drops his fly and pisses down the hole? <laughs> It's it's hilarious. I highly recommend. Uh, Raptor is streaming on Amazon right now. Oh you guys gosh. should check it out because it's it's like all the best parts of Carnosaur one, two, and three in one movie oh with Eric gosh. Roberts and a lot of titties, which is kind of Jurassic dinosaur. Yeah, dinosaurs show their tits. Nice. Not enough Jurassic dick though. I, I'm I, you know equal, equal opportunity like exactly. Yeah. Guys, we have quite a task ahead of us. We have to pick. Two films. We unfortunately cannot do a triple feature. The attention span of the mutants outside our door <laughs> cannot be kept for that long. We have and to. By pick mutants, two. you mean millennials, right? Of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course, I do. <laughs> What's it going to be? In this situation, we would typically start with um, our guest, but I think we should continue to do that. So go no, ahead. No. So Jack, you, um, why don't you go first? Goodness gracious. The best, so if we're going drive in best combo, um, that'd be a number three with uh, a large Coke <laughs> and a large fry. Hold the pickles. And a Chala bun. <laughs> Chala, if you hear me! <laughs> Chala, can you hear me? Chala, are you there? Um, oh my goodness. This is a great, um, I have to say, I'm, I'm going to ramble for just a second. Um, I love watching both movies, Guanji and uh, uh, Lands I'm Forgot. question, I guess, would be, do we want to try something new? Because Jurassic Park is one of those movies that everybody's probably seen. But it does hold up in a drive-in. I'm From the cuff, I'm going to say, uh, find, find Brandon's pick. But just because it's more U-boat-centric in the beginning... I might say if we're going for solely dinosaur features, and what's kind of cool is you can see the the sort of evolution of, of, of uh, special effects with Harryhausen into Stan Winston or vice versa. I'm going to say Guanji and Jurassic Park. Okay. Brandon is no longer my friend. No. You picked your own film. <laughs> Real clever. <laughs> um... I'm going to go ahead and go second here, and I'm going to choose, uh, obviously, we jacked off all over Jurassic Park here tonight. I said it is one of my favorite films of all time. Nothing could ever possibly change that. Uh, however, I feel that the appropriate drive-in double feature should be start with um, Land That Time Forgot, because for the stragglers who come in a little bit late, the U-boat thing, if they miss it, no big deal. It's also 36 minutes that you could, you know, mess around with your significant other, your girlfriend, your boyfriend. <laughs> it is the submarine races, too. So you That's know. absolutely right. And then my <clears throat> second choice is going to have to be Valley of Guanji. So that's my pick. Nice. <gasps> Jurassic Park, by the way, is playing in my head almost 24 hours a day. So. The, I was like, well, do you want... Um... 
Mm. All right, Chris. Tough. What do you got? This is this so is we've a tough got one. two votes for Guanji, and then we've got one vote each. So I think no matter what, Guanji's making it in. Congratulations. Unless Chris votes for ours. Yeah, I'm gonna be motherfucker, and I'm gonna pick my movie, mm-hmm. Guanji, because yeah, I just I think it's something that people need to see. Um, you know, Jurassic Park is one of those movies that it's just. It is the ultimate dino movie. It really is. But sadly, Jack, I, I think it's too ubiquitous. I mean, I think that it's just, it's a movie that everybody knows and everybody has seen. And I think that it would be, you know, a crime not to give the opportunity to uh, The Land That Time Forgot. Because I think more people need to see that movie. Yeah, suck it, so, bitch! Oh, I was going to congratulate and agree. <laughs> Fine. So, yeah, Fuck I think... Fuck you, uh, Jack! I win it! Oh, no, the slime bucket! <laughs> I don't know! I don't know. Oh, you look you like Alanis Morissette over there. You guy. <laughs> I was going to say he looks more like Moose, but anyway. Hey! Well, then, so it's those two movies, but how do we program it? Which comes first? Uh, well, honestly, I would kind of go chronologically on this one. You would go Guanji and then I would, I would and go then Guanji land? and then the, uh, the Land That Time Forgot. You know, okay. you've got 69 and then 74, so. All right. All right. Well, I guess we can figure that part out. Or we'll leave it up to the audience to pick. We can <gasps> Rochambeau it. You want to do it right now? Okay. One out of one. One out of one. One, two, right? three, shoot. So basically, whoever wins this, their movie gets to go first? Yes. Okay. Whoever wins, and it's one, two, three, shoot. Okay. Okay, ready? Ready? One, one two, two, three, shoot. shoot. Oh, yeah, looks like bitch. Time forgot. Ooh, <laughs> I just got COVID on my hand. Yeah, he did. Oh, Sorry no. about that. Also, um, I was touching myself with it. Oh, well, then, hey. <clears throat> cool. Holy shit, Brandon. Puce has grown on... Significantly in the last hour. Okay, just just stay still. His vision is based on movement. What the fuck are you talking about? He's looking right at me. Everybody, just stay calm. I've got this under control. I never thought in 65 million years this would be the way I go out. Eaten by a reformed vegan velociraptor. Don't worry, Chris, I got this. Hey, Puce. Don't be a sore loser. <laughs> Holy shit, Brandon. Did you just straight up shoot Puce? Yeah, Chris. It was my backup plan all along. I told you I had this under control. That Mauser rifle really came in handy. But you went through all the effort to hatch him and train him and to try to convince me it was worth keeping him around. Yeah, well, honestly, I just I, I felt like things were heading in the wrong direction. Storytelling 101, Chris, when something starts to go off the rails, you just kill it and pretend it never existed. In another ten years, we can just try it again. You are one cold-blooded son of a bitch. Yeah, with any luck, we can scoop up some of his remains here, and, uh, I don't know, who knows? Maybe we can create some kind of dino-human hybrid. Now that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Hey, guys. After careful consideration, I've decided not to endorse your drive-in. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that wraps up another episode of Dead City Drive-In. I'd like to thank our guest, Jack Holloway. Thank you so much for being here, Jack. Thank you, guys. Uh, once again, I am Brandon Windish. I'm Chris Holcomb. And remember, at this drive-in, if the cars are rocking, 
It doesn't mean someone's fucking. They're probably getting murdered. Under 17, not admitted without parent.